So Sawyer's like, bro, you have a restraining order. <laughs> Go away. Miles is like, that's not legally binding. <laughs> Actually, I didn't sign nothing. We're in the wilderness. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 28-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, what's your favorite childhood book? I had an unhealthy obsession with a book that was called The Monster at the End of This Book, starring lovable furry old Grover. Oh my god. And, um... It was a Sesame Street book where Grover heard that there was going to be a monster at the end of the book and he's really scared the whole time and he asks you, please don't turn the page. But then uh, he gets mad at you every time you turn the page and then at the end of the at the end of the book he realizes that the monster was him all along. Spoilers for uh, <laughs> spoilers for the monster at the end of this book starring Lobo for old, old Grover. I'm really sorry. I am so shocked that you loved a like children's horror book that sounds terrifying yeah oh yeah well i think i think i loved the rebellion of it you know oh sure (laughs) every time he got mad at me i was like actually you're not the boss of me grover (laughs) all right that checks out i think that was what i liked about it (laughs) honestly that checks out yeah and my name is casey wall i'm a 26 year old writer from rhode island i like sapphic ships and collecting plants (laughs) you can follow me on twitter serialized and letterboxd at casey watches tv and my favorite childhood book was rainbow fish Oh. It was, I mean, if you didn't read it, you gotta get it. <laughs> it's about a little fish that's covered in rainbow scales and he gets made fun of for his rainbow scales, but then like learns to love them at the end. And it's really cute. I feel like your story is much uh, more wholesome than mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. <laughs> love it. And our guest this episode is Endeavorin! Hello! Hi! How, hello. Hi. Hi. My name is Endeavorance. Um, you can, you can, uh, I, I implore you to refer to me as Dev for the, just the simplicity of conversation. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like. That's what most people refer to me as now. That is a few syllables shorter. Yeah. We're going to be like. Much easier. What is your opinion, Endeavorance? Yeah, no, just don't worry yeah. about that. Yeah, go ahead and call, call me Dev. That's fine. Let's see. I, I, oh God, I don't have like a really nice snappy, like. Free, like like <laughs> intro that I've said on like dozens and dozens of prior podcast episodes, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna cobble one together. Hello, my name is Endeavorance. Um, I am a given age, and I live in a location. I so I have a problem, um, which is that I love this show, and that's that is a problem. Let me tell you, I can be found at various places around the internet. Uh, Endeavorance, pretty much everywhere at Endeavorance on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, Endeavorance at Astral.Camp on Mastodon, and I'm underscore Endeavorance on Twitch. And I am so so very excited to be here yay Yay. what would you say is your favorite childhood book my favorite book i already forgot um so (laughs) oh no yeah it's real it's it's not good uh so i um (laughs) i don't remember all of the details but i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna cobble my way through this uh the book is called whirly gig and Uh it's about if i recall correctly this is a brutal start uh but it's about a guy who like goes to a party and has a bad time and i think he's like drunk driving home and he crashes this is not like a child child book this is like young <laughs> oh adult. My God. Okay. got it got and it he crashes and he kills someone and uh, <gasps> uh-huh. i promise it gets good uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I believe that 
essentially what happens from there is I think the person, the, the, the girl that he hits, uh, her like grandmother or mother or, or guardian of some form is like, what I want you to do, she's saying this to the guy who was driving, she's like, what I want you to do is go to the four corners of the United States where this took place and um, plant a whirly gig in in you know the the far reaches of the country because this girl loved whirly gigs and it changed her it would like change her life and i want to spread that around the world and so the rest of the book is alternating between the guy's experience of like going to these different places and placing the whirly gigs and then the perspective of the people whose lives were changed by those whirly gigs Ooh, so like very cool it's it's really interesting it's neat it, it, it was it sticks to me because like yeah it's not a great like children's children's <laughs> book it's got mm -hmm. some like you know drunk driving and, and death but uh the it was the first book that i that i read as as a young lad where I was like, oh, you can do like cool stuff with perspective in storytelling mm -hmm. and like jumping mm -hmm. around and seeing things from different angles. I didn't know you could do that with storytelling. And so that's yeah. that's why it kind of stuck with me. That's awesome. beautiful. <laughs> so in regards to this show, uh, what's your what's the vibe? What What's your uh, relationship with it? I uh I got hooked on this show as it was airing originally, and uh, I, it was it was you know required reading, scheduled watching, uh, following along on all the fandoms and the forums and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I, I have distinct memories of my brother who happened to have he was like a you know had like a teenage job at the time uh, and would come home from from work halfway through the episodes, and he would like plug up his ears because he didn't want any spoilers. He would watch it the next day. Uh, and so he would like come home from work and like plug up his ears while I'm watching the show and all that. And it was really good. I'm a sucker for ARGs. I'm a sucker for mm -hmm. all of the little hints and and whatnot they drop all throughout the show. Uh, resolved or otherwise, I like all the mystery. Mm -hmm. And who are some of your faves? My faves. Now I'm really just I'm really falling down on the job here with this intro. Uh, so no, that's okay. <laughs> I, I put I put here uh, in no particular order. Jin. Uh, Mr. Echo, Ben, and Terry O'Quinn, who is not a character, but an actor. Uh, but Terry O'Quinn is one of my favorite characters on the show. I love that. Perfect. No, I completely understand and agree. Terry specifically. Yes. Yeah. Locke, a little problematic. Terry, no problems. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Sweet old man. I love him so much. No problems. No notes. Yeah. Is he good? Is he... Am I okay to like him? Of course. I, as far as I understand, yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, we have people on this show whose favorite, we've had people on this podcast whose favorite characters include Ben. So like, you're allowed I mean, to yeah. like who, whoever I mean, you want. <laughs> I am I'm a big fan of Ben. I I, yeah. I love him. I love Michael Emerson. Oh, so good. Um, And uh, I was on your podcast talking about Lost, if you want to plug that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm I, That podcast is on hiatus, so we don't have to plug that. Oh, okay. If you want to listen to my episode, though, uh, yes. it is full of spoilers, but I'll put a link in uh, in the description if you guys want to listen to it. We talked about Lost. It was super, super, super good, and I had a blast mm. recording that episode. Yeah. Today, we have words to say about episode 410 of Lost, Something Nice Back Home. Something Nice Back Home. Obviously, Bernard says it in the episode, but we also, you know, see Jack and Kate so happy back home, but there's mm. always like a little bit something wrong. You know, something is always a little sinister. Indeed. The broadcast date was May 1st, 2008. It was written by Eddie and Adam, Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, and it was directed by Stephen Williams. As for fun facts for this episode, I didn't grab any on Lostpedia. Weirdly enough, they didn't have any, like, just general um, episode fun facts. But Whoa. as I've been talking about in this podcast, I've been slowly re-watching the show with my parents, and 
somehow perfectly the stars aligned and I got to rewatch the episode for the podcast with my parents. Wow. Great timing. Which is crazy that that's how it worked out. But now we have finally, it's finally <laughs> intersected. So there's a fun fact for you. It's come and gone. That is a yeah. fun fact. Um, great. Okay. So we are going to, for the island storyline, do the jungle storyline and then the beach storyline. And then obviously we're going to go into flashbacks. We're going to start with the jungle storyline. And I did my summary for that. Sawyer, Miles, Claire, and Aaron walk through the jungle. Sawyer doesn't want Miles to have anything to do with Claire. Miles starts having a vision and he discovers Danielle and Carl's bodies in shallow graves. Later, they stop for water. Sawyer tells Miles that he has a restraining order against... Claire, and he can't get closer than 20 feet from Claire. They walk through the jungle some more. Claire almost trips. Miles offers to hold the baby for her, and Sawyer gets mad at him. They hear shuffling, and Lapidus shows up. He tells them to hide quickly because Kimi and his dudes are about to show up. They hide. One of the soldiers is really badly injured. Lapidus rushes the guys away so that they don't find our heroes. Kimi agrees, despite hearing some of Aaron's little baby sounds. In the middle of the night, they all sleep around a fire. Aaron is missing, but Claire finds him in the hands of her father. In the morning, Miles tells Sawyer that he watched Claire walk off with someone she called her dad. He didn't follow because of his restraining order. Sawyer is mad and hears Aaron crying in the distance. He runs and finds the baby, but Claire is nowhere to be found. He screams her name, but there is no answer. Yikes. Spooky. Can I just say? You can. Sawyer and Miles, what a duo. What a duo. <laughs> I love them together so much. What a duo. The tension between them. Mm-hmm. They're both just such goofy goobers. And I mm-hmm. and I love every single interaction between the two of them on the show. They're like the two people who have the quippiest takes on everything. I guess you could throw in like maybe Hurley in the mix. It's so true. Yeah. It's very cool though, because like clearly Sawyer and Miles were both cut from the same cloth character wise, but they still um, like they, they butt heads in a way that makes total sense. And um, yeah, they're still like different enough. Uh, and I just love that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, and also at this point in the show, Sawyer has like a sense of of like leadership <laughs> and yeah. like caring about things. So he's not so flippant and and brushing True. it off. And I think Miles is sort of closer to I'm going to say early game Sawyer. Uh, yeah. And maybe gives him a bit of an uncomfortable reflection of himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I don't want to. I don't want to think about this. Oh my god, that's it exactly. That's it exactly. Like, I think Sawyer is so taken off guard. Like having someone who can actually like keep up with him, like in yeah. terms of comebacks and stuff. It's mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah, it's really good. Sawyer's like, I'm not trying to examine this right now, though. <laughs> so let's just move on. So. We see Sawyer, Miles, Claire, and Aaron walking in the jungle. Aaron, of course, is not walking. He's being carried. But the other three are walking. Uh, Claire starts to get a little bit woozy. And she says, you know, she has a headache because, you know, her house was blown up on top of her last episode. Um, (laughs) But she doesn't have any more hallucinations. Sure, sure. She wasn't a major explosion. (laughs) She doesn't have any more hallucinations, which Miles sort of thinks about because he says, oh, what did you see? Which I think is really interesting because later, you know, Miles starts hearing things and everything. And he probably asked Claire, oh, what did you see? Are you getting like, what did you see what did you hear or whatever because he wants to know if anyone else is like him on this island you know i don't think he's come across anybody who has the sort of powers that he has in his life right right so sawyer tells him to go away and he calls him donger which is a reference to 16 candles in 16 candles donger is a weird foreign exchange student in this 1984 coming of age movie there you go sawyer canonically now loves rom-coms it's true he loves rom-coms yeah we know he loves star wars that guy's a nerd. Uh-huh. I mean, he's a nerd. He, yeah, he's got a pocket reference for literally everything. He's, yeah. he's an encyclopedia. <laughs> I really feel like he like meets new people and then starts going through the Rolodex of like, what can I call them? 
what can I call them? Tomorrow, I'll be ready. Well, he's also kind of shown us that he just consumes whatever media is in front of him. He just wants content. Yeah, it's true. He's like... Uh, he would love TikTok. <laughs> he would love TikTok. Yeah, you know, he's like, yeah, of course I watch Little House. Oh my god, what? It was what was on. What Sawyer's For You page look like? For You page look like. <laughs> I'm a little scared. It would be... I'm like trying to figure out if it's like, if TikTok was a thing in the early 2000s, or if it's like... 2023 Sawyer, who's like, I don't even know how old. I would have to do like math and stuff, uh, like in his 50s, 50 probably. Something. Yeah. What would his for you page look like? Because I know what my dad's for you page looks like, <laughs> and it's just like wipeout videos, basically. That's fun. I mean, Sawyer would just be watching Kate doing an NPC stream. Yeah. Oh, great. So Miles is like, dude, I'm just talking. Can I just live my life? And Sawyer says, let's keep going because he wants to get farther before they have to stop to sleep. Miles starts hearing things and Sawyer asks, hey, what is going on? And Miles says, who are Danielle and Carl? And Claire's like, uh, first of all, <laughs> haven't we hung out with them for the past couple episodes? You probably like should know who they are, but maybe you're not paying attention to names. I don't know. So Miles starts digging in the dirt and he finds Carl and Danielle buried in these really shallow graves. And Sawyer's like, how did you even know that? Did your friends do that? And Miles is like, they are not my friends. This is not what I signed up for. And Claire is like, I would like to leave. I would like to leave, which I'm with her because that would that's absolutely terrifying. Not having a fun time. Yeah. I don't understand that reaction from Miles. Like, I, I don't want to get too far into accidentally yeah. maybe spoiling something, but like, what? Wh why is his response to how did like why confirm that this is related to those guys? He was like, mm. he was like, hey, look, dead bodies. I'm going to associate myself with them. Like, just be like, I don't know how oh, they got sure. here. Like, just lie. Right. <laughs> why, why did he confirm suspicion sure. that he's involved? That's fair. I wonder, I think that Sawyer is like smart enough to be like, how else? Because also they had Alex, right? Last episode, mm -hmm. they had Alex. Yeah. And so it's like, how else? Like, who else would it be? I guess. Also just Danielle. What a character. What a character with a very disappointing oh. death scene. Yeah. Yes. Makes me sad. Makes me feel bad and sad. Are who are we supposed to assume buried them? I assume They're not buried very well. Oh, it oh it oh it wouldn't have been Alex. No. It wouldn't have been Alex. She was take she was captured right away. Never mind. I rescind that question. No, yeah, it was the guys, but like they certainly didn't do a very good job. Oh, and yeah, no. it's a major bummer and makes me very sad that they didn't even put in any effort to do that, although it totally tracks with them as people. Mm, it's true, it's true. Yeah, that sucks. <sighs> really sad. Kimi has a big heart. Yeah. <laughs> what a nice guy. You know what kind yeah. of guy I am. What a, he's, you know, he's just a real cuddly fella. Great guy. He's like, ugh, I could have just not buried them at all. You're lucky I put some grass on them. Yeah, thanks, bud. So Sawyer says, yes, we can go and everything's going to be fine once we get to the beach. Great. So they get to a creek later and uh, Miles is just sort of watching Claire and Aaron. And uh, you know what occurred to me? And like, Makes total sense for this show because we also never talked about periods at all in this show. But like we've never seen Claire breastfeed straight up. Yeah, no. Can't be showing that. We never talk about it. Yeah, exactly. But I'm like in that moment, like she has him sort of like near that area. And I was just like, you know what? We've never seen that happen. And that makes sense. Early 2000s. But I just wanted to point that out that we never talked about that. I think it's implied that she's about to. Yeah. Kind of. Because like it's implied like when when Miles is like looking at her and Sawyer is like, don't even think about it. <laughs> yeah. Like in that in that scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's kind of suggesting. I, don't know. I would hope so, because like, yeah, it's weird that that child cannot survive on water. That's never happened. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Someone feed the baby. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
So he tells Miles, you have a restraining order. <laughs> and like, I get it. Miles looking at Claire. She's very pretty. She's very pretty. Okay. <gasps> I get it. So Miles says, are you her big brother or something? And Sawyer's like, no, I'm the guy who's going to kill you if you don't agree and do what I say. And Miles is like, okay, I agree and do what you say then. It's so funny and so stupid and I love them. And I just love these two together. It's really just a battle of wit. It's so funny. Yeah. I have so many things I want to say, but they include spoilers, so I will hold. (laughs) Exactly. Don't forget them. Make sure you write them down. (laughs) Oh, I'll f- oh, don't worry. I'll forget them. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't. Great. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, well, <laughs> writing them down would require moving. Okay. That is such a, such a fair point. So uh, Sawyer and the crew all walk through the jungle, continuing continuing to walk. And Claire falls and she like loses her shoe while she trips, but she just keeps walking. So I don't think we were actually supposed to notice that, but she totally lo- loses her shoe. Wait, really? Yeah. If you look, uh, it's like a little blooper that she like fully trips and her shoe comes off. Oh my God. Incredible. And then they just keep walking. Girl, you cannot afford to be losing shoes right now. There are not- Exactly. There's a limited amount of shoes on that island. <laughs> also the notion of traipsing through that jungle, that specific jungle- Barefoot. Without shoes. Barefoot. That ain't it. No thanks. So Miles asks if he can help with the baby. He says, I'm good with kids. I don't think we ever see that to be true. I don't know if that's the truth or not. I have no idea. But she's not into it. She's like, I'm good. (laughs) Which I love. um, I love that because like as a woman, I feel like when people uh, sort of like proposition you for things like that, you uh, feel the need to be nice and be like, oh, that's okay. Thank you so much for offering. Oh, sure. That's okay. And I just appreciated her being like, "Uh, I'm good, but thanks. (laughs) Yeah. So unapologetic about it. I loved that. I I do challenge that Miles is good with kids. Yeah. I I don't. What is that? How, in what character trait? I think he's good with kids because he is a kid himself. I mean, yeah. he is little baby. That's true. Yeah. Like, right, exactly. She's like, I don't really trust you enough to like not run off with my child, which has happened before. Oh my God. I think he would be such a fun uncle. It, does, it happens a non-insignificant number of times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Sawyer's so like, bro, you have a restraining order. <laughs> Go away. Miles is like, that's not legally binding. Actually, I didn't sign nothing. We're in the wilderness. <laughs> so then we start to hear something in the trees and Sawyer gets his rifle ready and it's Lapidus with a first aid kit and a sat phone. And Sawyer's like, uh, who are you? <laughs> I love that man. I love Lapidus. Yeah. It's so good. And Miles and Lapidus are like, oh, hey, what's up? So Lapidus goes, dude, hide. Kimi's on his way and he's totally just going to kill you guys. The sat phone starts to beep and he's like, oh my God, he's almost here. Please hide. Lapidus, luckily, has job and life security due to helicopter prowess. True. So he doesn't really have to worry about it, which I love for him, but he always uses his powers for good. And I love that. It's true. He does. So they hide. Now, Mm -hmm. Yeah. if they were... No, never mind. I thought I had a question. I don't. Okay. Um, (laughs) I just had to think a little bit. So Kimi and five other guys show up and some of them are wounded. And Miles said last episode um, that there were six of them. He said, like six. And um, that's crazy to me because the fact that all six of them survived being attacked by the smoke monster... Uh, okay, sure, somehow. I don't know. Must have been the will of the island. Oh, that's what happened. It was probably their guns. Yeah, maybe that. You know, the smoke monster cares deeply about that. <laughs> right. So Kimi says, where's the chopper? And Lapita says it's around a kilometer away. He brought the uh, first aid kit and he asks what happened. And Kimi says, mind your business. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. We start hearing like the birds chirp and stuff. And those sort of hide Aaron's like little baby sounds. Uh, but Kimi is very suspicious about this. 
He's like, I have to listen for a very long time about this now. <laughs> so Lapidus is like, hey, it's getting dark. Let's go. And Sawyer gets ready to shoot Kimi just in case he like comes over there. And Lapidus is like, mm, let's go. I, I Not very subtle. Which honestly is a little bit suspicious in itself. Can you yeah. imagine though the like Sawyer had a clear shot on mm-hmm. Kimi and all of Kimi's dudes who were all preoccupied and thinking that they were safe. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he should have taken the shot, but I am saying that he should have taken the shot. And like, can you imagine how different things would have gone? Mm-hmm. He would have just like removed a season from the show. <laughs> if, uh, spoiler thoughts, spoiler thoughts, spoiler thoughts. <laughs> I have to write down spoiler thoughts. <laughs> write them down, write them down. That's so true. If spoiler, if Sawyer had killed Kimi. What a, what have prevented a lot of issues. Like, yeah. he's literally hiding, and they're like, huh, let's just look around for a bit and be clueless. And he's holding, like, an assault rifle while hiding, and the barrel's pointing Yeah, them. it's true, and he's standing still. There's not yeah. going to be a better opportunity than right now. Yeah, there's it's literally true. no way that he could just, like, hold the trigger and close his eyes, and he would wipe them off the face of this planet. And he just doesn't yeah. do it. And I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the writers were like... No, we need we need plot. We need plot. Yeah. We can't have him do that. I guess it's like because there's. I was gonna say it's because he has so many other guys with him, so it's like there's there's they're sort of outnumbered. But so many of them are injured that it's like I feel like Sawyer could pull it off. The only one who's paying attention is Kimi. Yeah. Yeah, I really feel like Sawyer could have pulled it off. I agree. Like there's the injured guy, and there's two people. I I just watched this episode like an hour and a half ago, so yeah, <laughs> this memory is seared or like it's seared into my eyes. It's just like there was two guys flanking the injured guy, so that's three mm-hmm. people preoccupied. The only one paying attention was Kim. Okay, I'm not some sort of, of like tactics boy. I'm not a military <laughs> yeah. boy. I don't know how that works. Maybe there's a really good reason not to. Maybe he had the safety on. Mm-hmm. I would Who like knows? to think he thought about it, but didn't do it because of Claire. Didn't want to give her tinnitus. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> like, I, I don't think he wanted to like. Tr- She's like, I've been through something. I think maybe like season one Sawyer would have done it and like completely traumatized Claire and Aaron. And he would have been like, oh, bummer. But I think now that he's like... I mean, yeah, season one Sawyer pulled out a gun and shot a bear with nobody yeah. prepared for that, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, without even thinking. But I think now he's like, ah, uh, maybe I shouldn't just, like, senselessly kill these people in front of this yeah. already terrified woman who just saw... And I'm not I'm not saying that he, like... Two of her dead friends buried in the ground. Put this much thought into it also, but, like, I... I think that if he had done that, like, right next to Aaron's head, too, it could have given, like, hearing damage, too. Aw, poor baby. Not that Sawyer thought about that, but... Yeah, no. What a, what a character arc. Going from yeah. shooting a bear without <laughs> warning anybody to holding his fire back to prevent giving ear damage to a baby. <laughs> to a baby, yeah. <laughs> really incredible redemption arc. Great That's guy. it. That's the one. He It's for Aaron's ear damage and that alone. <laughs> yeah. So Lapidus is like... I would really like you to stop listening to the world right now. So I'm not flying at night. So if you want to go, we're going now. And and it's very cool. He still calls him sir, though, right? So he's like, I don't want to get in trouble. And so he'll call him sir. And Kimi gives up and they head out. And, it's, you know, it's a big, like, phew moment. The hell are you? The Peters. Wow. You two know each other? You gotta hide, man. Right now. What? Kimi's coming back. And if he sees you, he'll kill all of you. And he's close, man. You gotta hide now. Go! Hide! Just hide! Where's the chopper? It's about to click back that way. Uh, Bring the kid? Yeah, it's right here. Jeez, man, he looked bad. What the hell happened? You do your job, I'll do mine. 
Key. It's getting dark, man. We gotta leave now. Mr. Kimi, we gotta get back to the chopper. Kimi, we gotta get back. Because I'll tell you right now, I am not flying Faraday's bearings at night. I'm not gonna do it. So if you wanna get back, we gotta leave right now, sir. Fine. You lead the way. Sawyer just met Lapidus. They talked to each other for like three seconds, but Lapidus gets major trust points here. Major trust points. I would say so. That's a good man. He's a good boy. We absolutely trust this guy now. I love him. He definitely has our best interests at heart. I don't, I, this is probably better for the spoiler part, but I, I'm trying to rack my brain to think about if Lapidus ever does something untrustworthy. I'm assuming no. Aside from like withholding some stuff, withholding some information perhaps. Yeah, I can't think of a time. He's the best guy. That's why, he, that's why he's one of my favorite characters. He's the best. He's very loyal. He's a very good boy. Great guy. So a lot of the rest of the episode happens. And then at night, uh, Sawyer's crew is uh, sleeping around a fire and Claire wakes up and there's no Aaron in her arms. And she looks up and she sees Christian holding him. Which, spoiler thoughts. And she goes, dad? And of course, I think everyone definitely, like we know that that's her dad, but everyone definitely forgets she's that he's her dad. So this is always like a, oh my God, I forgot moment. I forget it 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah. When's the reveal of that? I always forget that her and Jack are half siblings. Uh, It was in 314, I think, par avion. Oh my God, I can't believe it was in season three. I'm pretty sure it's 314. Yeah. Because it's revealed from... Uh, a flashback, a flashback. right? Mm-hmm. When, yes, when Christian's exactly. going to her mom's house. Yeah. Well, even then, like he goes to her mom's house in um, in Two for the Road in season two, but we don't know that that's her mom's house. And then in season three, her mom, like they get into that car crash and he comes and like pays for all of the hospital bills and stuff oh, right. and talks yeah. to her. Yeah. Yeah, I always forget that happens. But yeah, you think she's going to be like, a, "What? who the hell are you? But then she says, dad, and you're like, oh my God, I forgot. This is crazy. Yeah. But I also, I don't think she knows he's dead. Like we know he's dead. Jack knows oh. he's dead, but I don't think Claire does. I mean, Claire's not in the clearest state of mind in this moment. True. That is true. I don't know if she's really thinking through everything completely straight. Yeah. Like she's still like, it's weird that you're here, but she doesn't know that he's dead, which makes it even weirder. Mm. You know? Yeah. And this is interesting because earlier she, she said that she hasn't been getting any more hallucinations. And now it's sort of like she's seeing things. Oh, yeah. Um, and yet she still walks off with her hallucination. Sure. As you do. Or, or what she thinks is a hallucination, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Claire, um, I'm sorry, bud. Sorry about your storyline. Me too. Yeah. What happened? Like, yeah. <laughs> Good, like that's this is like the end of her arc, essentially. Yeah, basically. Charlie died, and they said, I do think we see her next episode. Yeah, Charlie died, and the writer said, Um, what do we do with this single mom? Mm. That's a classic, that's a classic TV thing. Yeah, we killed off her male love interest. Guess we'll have to get rid of the girl, too. Yeah, Claire does not (laughs) die, by the way. No spoilers. There's just simply. There's, yes. there's simply just not enough reference material in the world to talk about single mothers. We can't do it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, exactly. It's true. Nobody can relate to this. Put it away. It's unreal. It's, you know, just too far-fetched. Yeah. There has never been a single mother in the entirety of human history. Yeah, nobody can relate. It's really it's really surprising when you think about it, how there just really <laughs> hasn't been. It's yeah, true. weird. Hmm, you'd think. So <laughs> they wake up in the morning and Miles is sort of dealing with the fire. Sawyer makes a racist joke that's not even funny. Like... Come on. That one uh, that one wasn't good. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that one at all. And Sawyer asks, is Claire peeing? And he says, no, she left. She walked off. Just got up and left in the middle of the night. 
And so he's like, you just like let her walk off in the middle of the night by herself? And Miles is like, no, she wasn't by herself. She was with some guy. She called him dad. I don't know. I would have followed, but I got a restraining order. Oh my God. So I can't. Oh my God. And uh, Sawyer's going to hit him, but then they hear the baby cry. He runs towards the cry and finds Aaron just like alone, just vibing. He picks him up and he screams for Claire as Aaron cries. And that's the end of the episode. Good stuff. Except not really. A setup for continuing what's happening next episode. Great. Um, yeah. yeah, my notes are, uh, sorry, Claire, you, you don't mm-hmm. actually die, but in spirit, mm, the the, the plot line dies. Yeah, yeah exactly. I would love to say, don't worry, it gets better. Um, shall we move on to the beach storyline, or do you guys have any more thoughts? Well, let me take my notes. I want to know what Lapidus was doing running through the woods with all of them. Like, I guess he was leading them mm-hmm. back to the helicopter in that moment. Right. It's just very strange that he would be, like, way up ahead by himself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I do wonder if... <laughs> really confused. I do wonder if maybe Lapidus doesn't is the only one with a sat phone. Like, I wonder if Kimi doesn't have a sat phone, but he does have, like, a tracker on him, and so Lapidus was actually looking for Kimi or something. But he was sort of running away, too. So, yeah, yeah that's unclear to me as well. I'm yeah. confused. I mean, yeah. very well, I mean, he came out of the bushes. They did They did the shaking bushes, who's it gonna be reveal yeah. thing. It, it's probably much more of a plot presentation point than it is something to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is it a polar bear or is it a ham- handsome helicopter? I mean, 99% of the time, it's gonna be the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, where is Vincent? It's been too long. Yeah, Vincent's so just funny. living his best life. I don't know. I hope he's doing good. He's the only good character on the show. Yeah, it's true. All right, so for the beach storyline, here's my summary. Jack wakes up from his pain-induced fall. Everyone is interrogating Charlotte and Faraday. Jack shows up and says to chill because he promised to get them rescued and he will. Before he can do anything else, he passes out again. Jack insists that he's just dehydrated and it's fine. Just food poisoning. Juliet asks to take a look and says it's definitely his appendix. Jack already knew and was playing it off. They need to do something about this. Juliet sends Sun and Jin to the medical station to get some supplies, but Sun doesn't know what the things she wants even are. Dan offers to go, and Juliet gives him the list, but tells Jin to shoot them if they try any funny business. As the others prepare for surgery, Rose is worried that Jack got sick on an island that's supposed to heal people. Juliet shaves Jack's stomach, and he demands to stay awake and watch the surgery himself. Kate will hold a mirror so he can walk her through it. At the staff, Dan wants to go in ahead of Charlotte to make sure it's safe. Sun and Jin discuss in Korean how Dan totally has a crush on Charlotte. Jin clocks that Charlotte sort of smiled even though she shouldn't be able to understand them. Inside, Dan grabs all the supplies. Jin and Sun discuss getting off the island, and Charlotte continues to listen. Back at the beach, Juliet asks Kate to hold the mirror. Kate doesn't want to, but Juliet explains that it's what Jack wants. He makes his way to the medical tent they've set up. That night, they get back with the stuff. Jin threatens Charlotte in Korean that he'll hurt Dan if she doesn't make sure Sun gets off this island. Charlotte agrees. In the surgery tent, they get started. It's absolute chaos since Jack can feel most of the pain and everyone keeps yelling. Juliet calls for Jack to be put under and Bernard agrees. After the surgery, Kate goes in and Juliet tells her about the kiss from a few days ago. Juliet knows it was about Kate, though. After Kate leaves, Juliet tells Jack she knows he was listening. Beautiful. Jack is sleeping probably for the best. Um, And we see a close-up of his closed eye, which of course they do a lot on this show. Symbolism. Um, Juliet tries to wake him and it takes like quite a lot for him to come to, which is definitely shows that he's really out of it. Mm -hmm. So he wakes up and everyone is interrogating Charlotte and Faraday, especially Rose and Bernard. And Bernard's like, tell us the truth. And Dan is like, I am so sorry, but I 
am. <laughs> I know I've lied a lot, but I really am telling the truth. There's no signal anymore and I don't know why. And Bernard says, there was when you talked to them last night and now they're just what, ignoring us? And Charlotte says, dude, for like the fifth time this season already? I don't know because I'm not freaking there. <laughs> she says it every episode. She's like, I'm not on the boat. I don't know. So can we be really sure about that though? Can we, can we actually like be 100% certain that she's telling the truth? That she's not on the boat? <laughs> that she's not on the boat. <laughs> I mean, hey, I haven't seen her in the boat in the, in, the same, in the same scene yet. I haven't. Maybe she is the boat. Maybe she is the boat. <laughs> I don't know. And she's just, it's a play on words. <laughs> she's not on the boat because she is the boat. She is the boat. She is the boat. Ugh, I wouldn't put it past this show. <laughs> what a twist. So Rose tells her to watch her tone red, which and then she gets an absolutely iconic reaction from mm -hmm. Charlotte. And uh, Jack shows up and he says, you need to calm down. You're being too loud. <laughs> and Bernard says, <laughs> they're lying. And Jack says, I know. And we'll be waiting when their people come back for them. And Sun says, unless they run away again. And Jack is just really on the struggle bus. He's like, I am trying to talk to you guys, but also I think I'm going to pass out. <laughs> think i'm not doing so good yeah he's not being very convincing that everything's true yeah exactly and so rose is like um are you okay and jack is like yeah let's just be patient because i promised that i would get us away from here and so i will and then he doubles over in pain <laughs> and that's not so good and so everyone rushes to to check on him and yeah he's not okay he fully passed out yeah that, uh, can we just take a quick second to appreciate just how jack that moment is like mm -hmm. so extremely jack i promised you that this was gonna happen and so <laughs> it's going to happen whether or not it's a thing that i actually have control over yeah jack is so jack this episode literally dying for all we know and he's like mm -hmm. but i must give a motivational speech <laughs> yeah no fully like in this next scene that happens they're like oh my god are you okay and he's like move stop coddling me i'm masculine <laughs> <laughs> i'm fine stop it like he's so jack this episode oh my god so Juliet's like, keep him in the shade, give him some air. And Jack's like, I'm okay. Kate shows up and Juliet's like, he passed out. And Kate's like, oh my God, you fainted. And Jack's like, no, I passed out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't faint. I passed out. I didn't faint. Fainting's too girly. It's like diary versus journal. He's like, no, I passed out. It's not a purse. It's a it's satchel. A oh God, it's so funny because it's so true. So Jack's like, I'm fine. I'm just dehydrated. <laughs> oh, you're just dehydrated. Okay. So Kate's like, well, you have a fever. And Jack's like, I'm fine. He really is out here just doctoring everybody mm -hmm. to a fault, mm -hmm. except for himself. Yeah. He's like, I'm a doctor. I can't get sick. <laughs> I'm special. <laughs> so they put him in the tent and he's like, man, I sure hate <laughs> having a cold or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and Juliet's like, I... Yeah, that's what this is. The, the common cold. Yeah. I, Juliet's like, I think it's more than that. And Jack's like, no, I got food poisoning, you know, cramping, dehydration, nausea. It's food poisoning. And Juliet's like, okay, I think you're forgetting that I'm also a doctor. And <laughs> I just want you to know that I don't believe you at all. So she asks him to lift his shirt. And he's like, I don't wanna. <laughs> I don't wanna. And she goes, well, if you just have food poisoning, you have nothing to hide. So he's like, okay. So he lifts up his shirt. She presses some spots and Jack winces, obviously. And she goes, uh, so it's your appendix. When did that start? And he says yesterday. And she says, has it ruptured? And he says, very telling, not yet. Which yes. means dude already knew it was his appendix. Ugh. He knew the whole time. And he was just like, I'm just like, Jack, what help do you think you're going to be if you're dead? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to know what his plan was. I want to know. Like, <laughs> right. 
Like my exit strategy here is to just ignore my appendicitis <laughs> yeah. until it goes away. Exactly. But, uh, I don't think it's how it works. Like, yeah, like Kate's just like, Kate's like, I can't believe he hasn't taken it out yet. And I'm like, was that the plan? Probably. <laughs> is that his plan? Probably. He's going to take it out himself? Okay, bud. Like when he tried to do his own stitches. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's like, I would do it myself, but I can't reach. Like, dude, there aren't, it's in your back. You can't do that yourself. <laughs> yeah. So Juliet's like, hey, we're going to have to take it out. And Jack's like, meh, I don't want to. <laughs> Baby. So later, Juliet asks Sun if she remembers where the staff is. And she says, yes. So the, the Dharma station, I mean. And uh, she says, Kate, can you please bring back these things? They're all in like drawers and stuff. She gives her a list. And Sun goes, I don't know what these are or what they look like. Oh. <laughs> Juliet, English is my second language. <laughs> It's so cute. I don't know. And um, so Dan offers to help. And he says he's familiar with this stuff because he's he's done some animal autopsies. And Juliet's like, aren't you a physicist? Whoa. And Juliet's like, aren't you a physicist? And he's like, yes, but I also make do surgeries on animals. And I'm like, what a cool guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a fun, fun fact about you. So Jin's not into it. And Sun's like, yeah, that's probably a bad idea. And Charlotte says, see, I told you they all think we're trying to kill them. So we might as well stop trying to help them. And Dan says... Charlotte, that's why they don't trust us, because you have a bad attitude. And this is huge for Dan. It is. Because, first of all, I know how much he cares about Charlotte. And also, he's really bad with confrontation. So, like, he must have been really hyped up and, like, put to the edge to say that to her. And shout out. It's so funny. Do you remember where the medical station is, or don't you? Yes, I remember. These are the instruments that I need you to bring back. You'll find them in the drawers in the exam room. Clems? Sutures. Juliet, I don't know what these look like. I can help you. I'm familiar with surgical instruments, so... I thought you were a physicist. Yeah, well, I've done some animal autopsies, too, so if... if... No. We can't trust them. <laughs> See, Dan, I told you. They're convinced we're trying to kill them. Might as well keep playing the part. Dan and I, Charlotte, that right there, that right there. Your, your attitude, your very bad attitude, It's exactly why they don't trust them. I will say that in his in his defense and, and what he's got going in his corner for him is that she is kind of being unworkable in this moment. Oh, absolutely. Extremely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's like, please don't blame us. We're just scientists. We just want to help. So Juliet gives the list to him. And I mean, they don't really have a choice. I don't know if anybody else knows what all these things are that doesn't need to be on the beach, you know, like Juliet and Bernard. So Juliet gives a gun to Jin and says, shoot him in the leg if either of them tries to run. And Dan is like, cool, okay, thanks. Like he's like totally fine with it because he knows that he's definitely not gonna run. So he shouldn't have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. So he's like, cool. I never want to be in a situation in which someone hands Jin a gun and tells yeah. and informs <laughs> him to shoot me under any condition. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be a it's little true. terrified. I don't want to be on that side of Jin. <laughs> so true. So on Lostpedia, it, there was a little bit of a blooper. In Juliet's list of medical supplies, she misspells forceps. And she also misspells gauze pads, but I simply don't believe that Juliet would not know how to spell those, so I'm blaming the props department. (laughs) (laughs) So true, so true. That's on the props. Or she's just under extreme stress and does not have time to worry about spelling right now. That is true, I guess. That is true. So she says, we have to make a sterile space. And Kate says, why aren't we just moving him to the medical station if all the stuff is there already? And Juliet's like, this is why you're not a doctor, Kate. (laughs) Because his appendix is just going to rupture if we move him too much. And then uh, he's dead. So now do you understand why we're doing that? 
There's a lot of reasons why Kate's not a doctor. Yeah, correct. <laughs> but I'm very glad that Kate's not a doctor. She's like, I can't stay in one place long enough to get my medical degree. <laughs> I can't stay in one place long enough to finish this surgery. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, she even said in the pilot, she's like, oh man, if that happened to me, I'd be running for the door. And I'm like... Well, this is why it doesn't happen to you, I guess. <laughs> exactly. So Bernard and Rose are prepping for the surgery and Bernard's like, it's going to be okay. It's a very common surgery. Like, it's not going to be a problem. And Rose is like, but why did he get sick though? And Bernard says, oh, it's just bad luck, which of course is a theme on this show, the concept of luck. And uh, she says, the day before we're rescued, our MVP contracts a life-threatening problem and you think that's bad luck? And Bernard's like, well, you think he offended the gods? <laughs> It just happens, right? And you're like, ha funny, Bernard. But then in the back of your mind, you're like, maybe though. In the back of your mind, you're like, Rose, my beloved. You are <laughs> perfect. I absolutely love how they like intertwined Rose and Bernard mm -hmm. into this storyline. Mm -hmm. Like with everything that's happened in Rose's past, just like, oh, yeah, that's genius. Yeah, it's so good. Rose and Bernard are so perfect because they're so different as people, but they work so perfectly together too. It's true. I love them. I love them. Me too. <laughs> Rose is the single greatest person on this island. They don't, they don't deserve to have her on that island. So true. So, true. so Bernard's like, what, what, he offended the gods? Like, it just happens. People get sick. And Rose is like, not here. People don't get sick here. Ugh. And I'm like, babe, maybe good people don't get sick here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, because it, it happened to Ben. Rose, you got nothing to worry about. Ben got cancer here. Mm, happens. True. So Juliet is shaving Jack's stomach for the surgery. Very romance. And Jack says, when's the last time you did this? And she goes, an appendectomy or stomach shaving? Hey, <laughs> what a joke. I'm sorry. This is cuter flirting than Jack and Kate last episode. Like last episode was oh, totally. very awkward. I, I just... This is way better. I get inherently upset whenever like the Jack-Juliet ship is like making progress because yeah. she... Her and Sawyer, it's just, it's just too mm -hmm. good. It's too good, yeah. and I can't, I can't let anything else happen. That, that relationship so is important to me. It's so true. But, but this is just way better than yeah. Jade. <laughs> Jack and Juliet have way more chemistry and like way more reason to be together than I think Jack and Kate ever have and ever will. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I still hate it. I hate it. Yeah. I hate every time they're kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, stop that. But it's like, you know, I gotta, I gotta give it up to them when they are. But I'm going to do it angrily. I think it's just because... Well, it's because Juliet's cute with everyone. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just because Elizabeth... Oh, yeah. Elizabeth Mitchell has chemistry with a wall. Yeah. Yeah. Liz Mitchell is just... She's magnetic. So... Yeah. She can't help it. <laughs> so Juliet says she did a lot of appendectomies in her residency. And, you know, who knows how long ago that was. But I'm sure that it's like riding a bike doing an appendectomy. And Jack says, okay, yeah, because you're actually going to be cutting two inches lower than where you're shaving. And Juliet's like, thanks, I'm just getting the whole area. Can you have- Ugh. That line like, infuriated yeah. me. Ugh. I hate it. Dude, and then he's like, he's like, let me talk you through it. And she's like, can you have faith in me, please? Like, goddamn, I'm also a doctor. You are so rude. Disgusting. Literal surgeon. Disgusting. Ugh, it's so annoying. I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, spoilers for our uh, how annoying was, or how likable was Jack this episode uh, segment. Zero. Can't say it's going to be very good. Negative 10 out of 10. Can't say. Yeah, we're going to need a negative scale here. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Just knock him out already. I like- You know what? Let his appendix burst. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to talk to this man anymore after this. I'd be like, I'm going to save your life because I'm a good person. But after that, we're not friends. I would have chloroformed him right then and there. 
<laughs> You're right. Truly unacceptable levels of just Jack and hubris and d- dude, guy being guy. Yeah. Ugh. He's like, how ugh. many appendectomies have you done? And she's like, a bunch. And he's like, can I mansplain an appendectomy to you? Because you didn't say enough appendectomies that you've done. It is truly perfect. It's the it's the medical <laughs> yeah. equivalent of like, oh, you like appendectomies? Name fine name five appendices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know who Jack would have let do his appendectomy without question? Mm-hmm. Ken of Barbie and Ken. Ken of Barbie fame. <laughs> because he's a man. Ray, the doctor from the freighter who's dead, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He Ken would have shown up and been like, I don't have a medical degree. And Jack been like, that's not, that's okay. That's not a problem. You're a man. Do it. But you have patriarchy and that's what's important. Yeah. I feel like no matter what number of appendectomies she had said, it wouldn't have been enough for him it's to true. be like, okay, you're good then. <laughs> I'm a you professional app. App- the minimum bar is 1,002 appendectomies. <laughs> yeah. You didn't count. Then you don't take it care of, then it, you don't take it uh, seriously enough. Jack pulls out his appendectomy journal. I'm a professional appendectomy. Appendectomologist. Appendectomist? (laughs) Actodest. Yeah, Yeah, that. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, she's like, damn, could you please have faith in me? And he's like, I also don't want to be out for it. I want you to numb the area and I'm going to watch so that I can help. Shut up, Jack. Oh, my God. And she's like, you're going to be kind of in a weird position for that. I'm going to be honest. I want to punch him so bad. Um, And he goes, Kate's going to hold the mirror. God damn it, Jack. Uh, Jack, Kate had a hard time giving you stitches in 101. Do you think she can do this? She literally said in 101, I'm going to throw up on you. Is that what you want? I hate it. I hate it. Okay. I cannot believe after all of this, Juliet still does it for him. He does not deserve this. So Juliet says, "Uh, why don't we have someone with medical experience do it like Bernard? And Jack goes, no, me want Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Give me Kate want do it, please. Literal toddler. And Juliet's like, Kate, this is awkward though, because we kissed a couple episodes ago and it really feels like you're not into it. (laughs) You're kind of like someone else, just saying. Ugh. I hate Jack. So Sun, Jin, Dan, and Charlotte get to the staff. And uh, as I was rewatching this a couple days ago with my mom, she was just like, why are they walking? The why- Take your time, I guess. Jack is just dying. <laughs> <laughs> solid point. Solid point. And I was like, good point, mom. So Charlotte's about to go in, uh, but Dan says he wants to go in first. Because he loves her and wants her to be safe. And he puts himself in danger. Which was such an awkward exchange. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. It felt out of character for both of them. Because then she's also just like, okay, be careful, yeah. Dan. Like, that's not their vibe, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. not their... What's the word? That's not their... Uh, dynamic? Relationship? Exactly. Dynamic. That's not the dynamic that they give. And, like, what's Daniel gonna do? Like, he's not... He doesn't yeah. have a weapon. He's just like, I'm going to go into this medical station. Yeah, that lanky little guy is going to fight off a monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, like, even, like, Dan is very soft-spoken. And I love that about him. I love that he's, like, willing to sort of take a backseat in the name of, I don't know, science or whatever. But, like, it, it kind of made me sad that he was like, actually, here's what dudes do. Let me protect you, Charlotte. And I was like, eh, you don't have to do that, man. And that is why the patriarchy is bad for all of us. I'm pretty sure that, that Charlotte could kick his ass anyway. Exactly. Fully, fully. So Jin is saying in Korean, he's like, I wonder if she knows that he has a crush on her. And Sun is like, yeah, she definitely knows. She's a woman. <laughs> she can totally figure it out. And Charlotte sort of like looks back and smiles. And Jin is like, hello? I love that Jin is the one to figure it out. I feel like sometimes Jin is handed the idiot ball because he, like, speaks a different language, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, sometimes, 
Not often, because I think that they do really respect Jin on this show. But I do think that sometimes it's like, especially by the other characters, Jin is stupid because he can't understand what we're saying. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. You know? And it's not, it's like, Jin knows a language and a half, and he, you know, has been in the military. Like, he knows lots of stuff. He's a very, very smart guy, and just because he doesn't understand English doesn't mean that he doesn't understand anything. Like, the amount of English he knows is, like, equivalent to, I don't know, like, four or five-year-old, maybe? And um, so everyone thinks he has the... Uh, IQ of a four or five year old and that's just not true like no he's so smart yeah yeah they do, they do a pretty decent job of like making that point early on especially from the first season yeah. with food gathering and whatnot when they yeah Charlie and Hurley are struggling and Jin's just pulling in food like it's nothing yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly but I love that it's Jin who figures this out and not Sun because it'd be easy for uh for them to have made it son. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that it's Jin. Yeah. On uh, Lostpedia, it was pointed out that the English speaking Charlotte is found to be fluent in Korean secretly, just like Korean speaking son was found to be fluent in English mm. uh, secretly. So that's a cool little thing. Mm-hmm. So we go inside the staff and um, Dan wonders where the power is coming from. And Charlotte goes, eh, who knows? Let's just get the stuff and go. We know that there is a power station on the island, but we never actually see it. In The Other Woman, Juliet lied to Jack and said that the Tempest was the power station. But that's not actually true. It's like had all of the chemicals and stuff. And in the podcast for The Other Woman, I was like, oh, yay, we got an answer to the power station. I don't know why I did that, because that wasn't true and it was a lie. Right. So we don't actually ever see how they get their power. So to be clear, the the Tempest literally just existed to wipe out life on the island, right? Yeah, it was like, it was fully a weapon Mm -hmm. of mass destruction. (laughs) What a a fun place. Yeah. Very cute of the Dharma Initiative. Yeah. So Jin asks if Sun is doing okay. And she says she feels weird because this is where she had her ultrasound and saw their baby. However, on Lostpedia, it said the examination table that Sun shows Jin in the staff medical station is completely different from the one on which both Sun and Claire were examined previously. Uh, so I don't know. They probably like got rid of the set and then had to remake it or something like that. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Sun says, and this is all in Korean, obviously. Um, Sun says, these people are not going to help us. And Charlotte is sort of listening and Jin notices and i know it's for the story but i'm also like charlotte if you already think that Jin <laughs> sees through you you can listen without looking yeah <laughs> you know listen with your eye it is quite obvious yeah 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 so Jin says don't worry i promise i'll get both of you off the island and you know charlotte totally notices again and i'm like dude make it more obvious you speak korean make it more obvious be a little more subtle <laughs> exactly so back at the beach uh kate tells juliet that everything's good and everything's ready and juliet says great hey i love that she doesn't say that it was jack at first but she goes you want to help me out in there and kate goes no (laughs) no i don't no thanks and she's like well it's just holding a mirror and kate's like yeah i really don't and she's like okay fine i'll tell you jack really wants you to be there and kate says yeah classic that guy i can't believe he hasn't already done the surgery on himself which I love that they understand Jack fundamentally because that's totally a thing that he would have tried to do. Absolutely. So Jack gets up and leaves the tent. I'm like, bro, stop. And he goes, I can walk 50 feet. It's fine. Kate goes to help him and Juliet tells them they'll be back with the stuff soon and we're going to be ready when they get here. Um, I just wanted to say I love Kate's hair this episode. She's made like a little makeshift headband out of, I don't know, vines or something. And it's really cute. Mm, I did notice that. Looks nice. It's it's I pretty, like it's it. pretty good. I will say. Yeah. Her hair has. I don't give Kate credit often, but I'll, <laughs> give, I'll give her credit for that. Yes. Her hair has no right. In fact, no one's hair 
has any right to look as good as it does on the deserted island. That's true. I know. Whoever did Kate's hair also gave Claire those cute little bangs in season three. Oh, so cute. So Kate says to Jack, oh, I'm so I'm your nurse now? And he goes, well, it's not the first time. Ha ha ha. And he goes, by the way, hey, if I die, and she's like, no, shut up. Shut up. Their chemistry is so forced. <laughs> yeah. Unless Pedia had said, after being informed by Juliet that she should assist with the surgery, Kate tells Jack that it looks like I'm going to be your nurse. Jack responds that it wouldn't be the first time. Jack and Kate first meet when he asks Kate to stitch up the wound he received in the plane crash in pilot part one. She also made him a sling after the cave-in with Charlie in the moth and drugged him in order to make him rest after Boone died in the greater good. So... <laughs> forgot about that. It certainly is not the first time. At nighttime, they're finally back and Dan tells Juliet that they got every single thing on the list. Shout out to Dan. And, you know, Jack is okay so far, but they need to start sterilizing this stuff because they you probably got all like dirt and sweat on it when you picked it up. <laughs> Ew. So they already have a pot of boiling water ready and everyone leaves but Jin and Charlotte. And Jin says in Korean that he knows that she understands him. And she's like, hmm. What are you saying? I don't know. I don't speak Korean. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really, really good Charlotte impression. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and Jin goes, you were totally listening to us. And she's like, maybe your wife can translate. I don't know. And he's like, okay, how about I threaten Dan? And he says, if you keep lying, I'm going to hurt Dan and break his fingers one at a time. And she's like, not his fingers. I love Jin. Damn, okay. She's like, but he needs those to use his calculator. <laughs> <laughs> His favorite thing, calculating. His favorite thing is calculator. <laughs> on Lostpedia, it said, this is not the first time someone on the island in this instance, Jin has threatened to break Daniel's fingers. Uh, Miles <laughs> threatened to do the same when Daniel was answering Saeed's questions when the helicopter team first arrived on the island in Confirmed Dead. So Dan's fingers are under attack oh, this season. <laughs> leave his fingers alone. <laughs> and also, I, uh, uh, Ethan did the same thing to uh, Scott when he killed him in season one, um, when he... Uh, washed up on the beach all of his uh all of his fingers were broken what is the deal yeah stop going after the fingers people <laughs> i mean here's the thing if you break their fingers they can't point the correct direction to get off the island so true yeah that's true so <laughs> exactly and you can't point to say who it was who did it to you either yeah right, right. It's, a, it's the perfect crime <laughs> yeah <laughs> You speaking? No, that we're not talking about that. We're only talking about pointing. Mm -hmm. So Charlotte says, fine, what? And Jin says, when the helicopter comes, you have to take Sun off this island. And she goes, what about everybody else? And Jin's like, I don't care about everybody else. Just make sure she's there. And Charlotte says she will. And I just think it's funny that she totally speaks Korean, uh, but she has a translator for French in 402 when she's in Tunisia. So... She just picks yep. and chooses her languages, I guess. You know, you can't you can't know every language. Exactly. So inside the tent where they're going to do the surgery, uh, Juliet has made a lamp with a bunch of flashlights tied together. Very, what's the word? Innovative. Innovative. Resourceful. <laughs> you got me today. <laughs> Thanks. I know some words. So Bernard is getting ready to inject Jack with the local anesthetic that they have. And Bernard says, by the way, we also have some chloroform. Wouldn't you rather be asleep dreaming of nice things? And Jack's like, no, I would rather. <laughs> Jack's like, well, no, I would rather suffer. Hold on now. You can't just uh -huh. skim over that Bernard says the, he says the thing. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He, he says, he says the episode title. He does the thing. He does the thing. He, he does, he does the thing. Yeah. 
Love it. So Jack is struggling as Bernard injects multiple spots in his abdomen and Jack also mansplains how to hold a mirror. Um, and (laughs) Bernard says, okay, this is going to numb the first incision, but to be honest, you're going to feel a lot of this. And Jack's still like, that's okay. (laughs) Which, okay. So Julia gets started and Jack like hurts a lot. And this is why I can't watch Grey's Anatomy. First of all, I don't have the time. Second of all, I don't want to see this stuff. I can handle just about what Jack does in the other episodes and stuff. But like, I can't be watching this stuff. I'm very squeamish. I don't want to. Yeah, no, thank you. So Juliet says, hey, stop moving. This is why people are out. This is why people are put under for surgeries. Can you believe it? So they're not moving around and suffering. Mm -hmm. So Jack is mad that he can't see, but also Kate doesn't really want to look. So she's having a hard time. And Juliet's like, please forget about the mirror. Just stop moving. Juliet starts using the spreader to spread the skin. Mm. Jack is yelling. And Juliet's like, yeah, I didn't think this was going to work. And look, I was right. Mm. So she's like, we're not doing this. Knock him out. And Jack's like, no. (laughs) That is an incredible degree of where the final straw is for Juliet. Yes. Like just putting up with all of the that Jack has been giving her this whole time. Uh Uh-huh. And she even let him go through with his weird little fantasy about being awake during his own surgery and guiding her through it. And then he's like, oh, but ow, it hurts. It hurts on my tum-tum where you're stabbing me. And yeah. she's like, I, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this anymore. It's like, I'm not going to have you yell during this whole surgery, but I'm like, thanks, but I'm good. And the fact that Jack is still like, no, I still want to endure this pain. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, dude, you're messing up your own procedure. Like, does he really think he's like, but if I don't talk you through it, you're going to, you're going to mess it up. No, him screaming the whole time is going to mess it up. <laughs> Exactly. Dummy? So he's like, no, I want to see it. And Juliet's, dude, you're just obsessed with control. Which, hey, great read. True. Completely sees right through him. And Jack tries to get Kate to stand up for him. And Juliet's like, Kate, just go away. And there's a lot happening at once. The chaos is very effective. Bernard is rushing to get the chloroform. There's lots of chaos. And Bernard's like, hey, sorry, man, but I totally agree. This is going to go real bad if you keep squirming. And uh, and they knock Jack out. Finally. <laughs> Let that man be unconscious for like a week. Yeah, could we have gotten that chloroform like several seasons back? (laughs) Right, exactly. Honestly. To just knock Jack out whenever he has a bad idea. (laughs) Jack, no. So last scene of this storyline, Kate is sitting worried alone on the beach and Bernard says, everything's fine. It went really well. And Juliet says that you can go back in the tent if you want to. So Kate does. And uh, Juliet is stitching him up with black thread, which in uh, 101, when Kate was stitching up, uh, Jack, she says any cl- color preference and he says standard black. And um, so just want to say, and uh, it looks like she's giving him eight stitches as well. That's a number. That is a number. Uh, Juliet says he didn't even lose that much blood. Everything's going well and everything's back where it belongs. I think, wink, <laughs> if only Jack was there to tell me where everything goes. Yeah, right. Then I would have done a better job. So Kate laughs and says, oh, is he going to be okay? Juliet says, yep, we just have to get him to rest. And Kate's like, well, that's going to be hard. And they're like, haha, joking, which is sweet. And, uh, yep, luckily everybody heals pretty fast here on this here island. Hmm. Juliet says, sorry for yelling at you. And Kate says, oh my god, no, like, it's totally okay. You had a lot going on. And Juliet's like, hey, now's the time to do this. He did kiss me the other day. Hmm. And it was nice, but it was totally for him. It was not for me. And he was actually just trying to prove that he doesn't love somebody else. Woof. You know, he kissed me. What? The other day, when you came back from the other side of the island, Jack kissed me. Oh, it was nice. 
But it wasn't for me, it was for him. I'm pretty sure he was trying to prove something. Prove what? That he doesn't love someone else. You know, Kate picks up the context and she goes, okay, thank you for saving him. And she leaves. And Juliet knows that Jack heard all of that and he opens his eyes. But he must have still been out enough to not feel the literal needle going into his abdomen while she was stitching him up. But he was listening to that conversation, which is awkward. I love it. I love that Juliet did that. (laughs) Because she knew that Jack was never going to tell Kate. Yeah. I love that she that she also knew that he was awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To hear her do that. You mm-hmm. don't get to get away with not knowing. You don't get to get she doesn't let him, you know, continue on with his fake uh with his facade of like, you know, being yes. able to play mm-hmm. play dumb on it. Right, yeah. right. I love it. She's like, "I know you're not going to tell her. I know you can hear us." So I'm going to let you sit through this right now. Yeah. Anything else about the island storyline before we go into flashes, you guys? Um I'm just still here thinking about Jin's threat about breaking fingers. <laughs> Yeah. Being told to shoot them in the leg. I, I okay, look, I'm not a very violent person. Mm-hmm. I'm very into gin violence, though. I'm, I'm here <laughs> yeah. for it. A very specific kind of violence. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. Cool. Before we go into the flashes, uh, you guys, I'm going to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados, and we'd really appreciate your help if you have the means. Um, it's a monthly donation of $1 or more. If you join at the $1 tier, you get uh, early access, and this podcast comes out uh, a whole week in advance every single time. Wow, that's a long time for $1. That's a really good deal. I think. I think so too. I would say so. <laughs> the $2 level is our uh, Discord. And honestly, sometimes I just post the link in the Discord a couple days even earlier than what Patreon gets. So just saying. I've been noticing you doing that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's sneaky. Thank you. The $5 level is uh, 10% off at three different small businesses. That's my small business, Casey's small business, and uh, former co-host Brittany's small business. All of those for only $5 a month. And our $10 a month level is our Patreon only podcast that we put out every two weeks. Um, It's about 45 minutes long and we just sort of talk about whatever we want and also update you on what's actually happening in our lives um, outside of the television shows we talk about. So yeah, we'd really appreciate your help on Patreon. If not, check out those small businesses. They're all in the description. Um, That's another way that you can support us and get something cool or just recommend us to a friend uh, because that's free and uh, it still really helps. So thanks. I appreciate you just for listening. Okay, we're going to go into the flash forwards, and uh, Casey did a summary for that. She sure did. And did she rehearse her summary? No, she did not. Dang, I haven't, I didn't, I didn't come prepared. I should have done some summaries. I'm (laughs) sorry. No one asked you to. You're good. Yeah, exactly. No pressure on the guest. I, you would think I would have learned my lesson from constantly stumbling on my summary every single time we do this. Uh, But no. Cute little character flaw you have, but I love it. You're like, it's actually extremely annoying. I wish you would it's just... It's not. <laughs> well, do you want me to read the summary? It's fine. No, it's okay. I can read it if it's too much pressure. <laughs> it's okay. I, I've i gotten better, I would say. I don't know. Robin, have I gotten better? I have nothing but faith. Yes. You're like, yes, yeah, somewhat. The bar was extremely yeah. low and now the bar is a little higher. I'm gonna be honest, it was real bad. <laughs> it was real bad for a while there, but it's it's been better. It was real bad for a while. Okay. Here we go. 
Jack wakes up in bed to a phone call from work. He gets up, stopping to pick up a pair of lace panties off the ground, which we can safely assume aren't his. In the kitchen, <laughs> he trips over a Millennium Falcon toy and begins making coffee. He goes into the bathroom where a woman is showering. Surprise, surprise, it's Kate! Next, we see Jack reading a bedtime story to Aaron. Kate appears in the doorway and Jack quietly turns off the lights and shuts the door. Kate comments on Jack's natural fatherly instincts and Jack says his father used to read the same book to him as a kid. Kate says she's glad Jack changed his mind and is there with her and he agrees. Later, Jack is at work finishing up a consultation when he sees a man walking by in the lobby who looks just like Christian. He does a double take, then gets distracted by a receptionist who says he has a call from Santa Rosa Hospital. Jack visits Hurley at Santa Rosa who's no longer taking his meds and isn't sleeping. Jack talks with him and Hurley says that the Oceanic Six are all dead and never made it off the island. He says that they're all stuck in heaven, which is why he gets visits from Charlie and Jack now has a happy life with Kate. Hurley gives Jack a message from Charlie that says you're not supposed to raise him. Jack gets upset and tells Hurley to take his meds before walking out, and Hurley says Jack will soon be getting a visitor too. Later that night, Jack gets home and joins Kate in bed. He asks her if she really thinks he's good at this, and she assures him he is. Jack pauses, then asks Kate to marry him. He pulls a ring out from his pocket and places it on Kate's finger, and she tearfully says yes. We next see Jack at the hospital late at night reviewing an x-ray. He hears a beeping from the hall and sees it's a smoke detector. He steps onto a chair to change the batteries, and when he gets back down, he hears Christian call out his name. Jack turns and sees his father sitting in the lobby area. He's stunned when a doctor calls out to Jack from behind him. When Jack looks back at the lobby, his father is gone. The doctor asks Jack if he's alright, noting his frazzled demeanor. Jack asks her if she can write him a prescription for clonazepam, stating his work and new engagement as stressors, and she obliges. When Jack gets home, he hears Kate talking to someone on the phone about him. Kate hangs up, and Jack, now suspicious, asks who she was talking to. Kate says it was just one of her mom friends and heads off to bed, while Jack washes down two pills with a beer. Lastly, Kate comes home to find Jack drunk in the living room. He asks her where she was, knowing she's hiding something. She asks Jack to trust her, but Jack continues to nag her until she admits she was doing a favor for Sawyer. Jack is infuriated, saying he's the one who's been there for her and came back with her while Sawyer chose to stay. Kate cries, saying she can't have Jack acting like this around her son, to which Jack loudly exclaims she's not even related to Aaron. Aaron appears in the doorway, and Kate goes to him as Jack walks away. I really struggle Oof. with the word asks. <laughs> I gotta say, I didn't realize how many times I had it in there until I was saying it. Until you were saying it. There's a lot of ask asking. I think this is interesting. I feel like the the flashes are usually sort of like, um, not supplementary, but sort of like, uh, you know, yeah, something to like add to the episode. But I honestly feel like in this episode, the meat of the conversation and the meat of like the stuff that happens is actually in the flash forwards. Mm, I would agree. I I feel like a lot of the stuff that happens on the island is sort of, like, um, fairly straightforward. Yeah, dude gets his appendix taken out. Yeah, he gets his appendix taken out, and that's it. Yeah. So, Jack is sleeping. The phone rings, he wakes up and he answers it, and Jane is calling. She's, like, his assistant or his colleague or something, I assume his assistant or, like, receptionist. And she is confirming his 11 o'clock consult with Ms. Berenberg. It was moved up and she knows he's, like, kind of weird about his calendar. And that's sort of unclear if he's like, I hate change, or if he is just, like, forgetful. Probably that one. I mean, Ms. Berenberg is also just such a problem patient. <laughs> exactly. Ms. Berenberg's so annoying. <laughs> the real problem here. I know you're weird about Ms. Berenberg, so... <laughs> So Jack says, yes, thank you, bye. And uh, he gets up and he puts a towel around his waist, which means he was probably naked. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he, 
and uh, he sees panties on the ground. Ooh. And he puts it in the hamper and he goes down to the kitchen. He's like, oh, forgot to wash those. <laughs> Oopsie. And he hurts himself on a toy on the ground. And before the reveal that this is Kate, I, I think, you know, we've seen Kate's house before, um, but it was just at the very end of Eggtown there, and I don't think we saw, like, the kitchen and stuff, so you couldn't necessarily put together this is Kate's house Mm -hmm. before the reveal, I wouldn't think. So I I do want to interject real quick. I don't know if if Mm -hmm. this is just you haven't gotten to it or uh, Mm -hmm. if I imagined this, but I'm pretty sure I read that in the scene where he's, like, putting his towel on um, Mm -hmm. or, like, walking around, part of that is to show like you can barely see his appendectomy scar yes i had that in the bathroom mm-hmm. like once he gets into the bathroom yeah i totally noticed that too oh okay sorry 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 oh right 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 no 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 that's okay is that you can see the appendectomy scar from the surgery that he gets in this episode which is really cool mm-hmm. and fun fact about that that's because um time is linear and that happened in the past. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I'm glad that you um, clarified that for yeah. sure. So yeah, down in the kitchen, he uh, basically trips over slash steps on this Millennium Falcon. And uh, it was pointed out on Lostpedia that obviously this is from Star Wars. It's Han Solo's ship. And uh, Star Wars features a brother and sister who did not know they were related, just like Jack and Claire. That is technically true. Yes. And he says Sawyer's catchphrase. Um, and then uh, he starts cleaning from last night and he makes coffee and he looks at the paper and he's got this tattoo on his shoulder on the back of his shoulder that i don't think i ever noticed before i noticed that i don't i've seen that before i do not recall this tattoo and you know what i meant to look it up on lostpedia and i forgot so i will do that uh once we start getting into like i don't know a big meaty conversation where someone else is talking but then he reads that the yankees beat the red Sox, um which of course is like a classic jack thing that he cares about the red Sox. on lostpedia it said the text of the yankees slash red Sox article matches a new york times article published august 31st 2007 describing a game that had taken place the day before taken by itself the headline could also accurately describe an august 2006 series between the teams the newspaper in through the looking glass part one was dated april 5th 2007 this would indicate that the flash forwards of something nice back home occurred after the flash forwards of through the looking glass part one uh which is insane uh this is unlikely casting doubt on the accuracy of at least one of those dates so i think that was just sort of like a newspaper it wasn't necessarily trying to tell us exactly what the date is because there's no way that this takes place after through the looking glass part one Just straight up no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. It also said, The Yankees Red Sox newspaper article is by Greg Bilson, staff writer. Greg Bilson is the founder of Independent Studio Services, a company that produces props for the film and television industry. And Bilson brand cigarette props also appear in Lost. The email address marvin.mancia at studiographics.us also appears in the article. The address, studiographics.us, is used by Independent Studio Services. Much of the text seen in the article appears in a real New York Times article. And, uh... Uh, yeah, there you go. Lots of stuff on that article. Fascinating. <laughs> Enjoy. And he also uh, says, ugh, A-Rod. And that is a reference to the Yankees' successful third baseman, Alex Rodriguez. Curious question. Mm-hmm. Where are they living at this point? They're in California, right? In LA. It is in LA, for sure. Okay. Where in LA? No clue. I'm just surprised that they have a casual print copy of the New York Times <laughs> sitting out. That is yeah. fair. <laughs> I don't know if they know, but there's this other paper called the LA Times. <laughs> right. It might have some more pertinent information. Yeah, I completely agree. Yes, yeah, so you can see his scar from the surgery. Um, and he goes into the bathroom, the shower is on, and there's a mysterious woman who says that she bought him a razor because I guess she likes him clean shaven or I can't remember if she says that or not. And there's like this voice changer on her voice before the reveal. So you can't quite tell who it is. It's like really low. I got 
bought you a razor. <laughs> I bought you a razor. Um, and then it turns out it's Kate. Oh, who could have predicted? No one saw this coming. What a wild twist. <laughs> I love the um the the duality of razor. There's there's Jack getting a new razor from Kate versus Jack getting shaved. With the razor by Juliet. Truly, this uh-huh. is the, the deepest analysis yes. ever made. Razor. It's the razor episode. Duality of razor. The duality of razor. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is this what Occam's razor is? Probably that. That's exactly it. So in Aaron's room, Jack is reading to him and he's got this like mobile with um, planets on it and stuff. Every time I see literally anything, I'm like, does that mean something? Yeah, what planets are it? Does that mean something? <laughs> on it. But I'm like... Yeah, probably not that one. But he's reading him Alice in Wonderland. And I think that the meaning of that one is that, of course, Jack's episode was Through the Looking Glass, um, which was uh, Alice in Wonderland. And he says, how queer everything is today. And uh, what a dream. I wish everything was queer every day. Same. Uh, Kate is smiling and watching. And the thing that he's reading in particular is Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. He's reading a portion of chapter two, which is The Pool of Tears. Fun. And the excerpt that he's reading about is about being a different person when you wake up. Do we have lost thoughts about that? That's probably nothing. Because I feel like I feel like they would they wouldn't have picked that if it didn't mean something. You know what I mean? You know, what, Jack, Jack has absolutely no symbolism associated with waking up and being a different person. I think this is just <laughs> a very surface level thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, zero zero thought went into this. Totally random. No association with um the White Rabbit episode in season. one one uh-huh uh-huh deeply unlikely yeah i'm sure i'm sure there's no symbolism there just a coincidence i mean yeah. jack literally wakes up multiple times in a completely different role having to be a completely different person yeah uh. <laughs> hmm yeah mostly just have spoiler thoughts but that's probably not it yeah mostly just spoiler things so aaron's asleep and jack leaves and you know he's like gotta take care of my half nephew <laughs> my half <half-nephew>. nephew <laughs> uh, which half <laughs> Jack says Christian used to read that to him and Kate thought that's really sweet because she doesn't really get to hear him say things about his father, especially nice things about his father. And Jack says, well, here's one compliment. He was a good storyteller. Kate says she's so happy to be with them and so happy that Jack changed his mind. Um, So we obviously know, I mean, and later Jack says specifically that this scene happens after uh, the trial that we see in Eggtown. Can we take a real quick second to talk about that line, the the, the the like my father is a good storyteller I'll give mm-hmm. him that because I feel like that's uh-huh. a pretty significant yes like there's a lot of um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is here just like trauma <laughs> wrapped up yeah. in that sentiment because <laughs> mm-hmm. like his father oh interesting yeah his father it's, I mean, Christian's not the greatest dad in the world but like uh-huh. is also a really big gaslighter and like yeah painted a picture of how the world works to Jack that was untrue or at least did Mm -hmm. not jive with Jack but it was his father figure and he listened and he believed and he's a good storyteller you know like yeah absolutely it could be a throwaway line it feels like there's something more there oh yeah no you're right because he's like well he's a good storyteller aka well he sure did lie a lot yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, I mean, he kept he kept Claire a complete mystery. Yeah. He wove yeah. a lot of stories around about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. No, good point, good point. And, uh, oh, I just kept thinking about the jurors from Eggtown who, like, I don't know. I, I think Kate made a deal, right? So maybe the jury didn't have anything to do with it. But they watched Jack say that he did not love Kate. He said, not anymore. 
in that in that trial. And uh, I really feel like the newspapers are going to have a heyday with Jack and Kate get engaged, Oceanic <laughs> 6 love affair, and everyone on the jury's right. like, hey, um... Excuse me. Y- you lied. Lied under oath. So they kiss, and he lifts her up, and it's sweet for them. And you know what? I'm glad they figured it out after their weird flirting last episode. Hey, whatever. Have a good time. I'm just happy you're happy. I looked up the thing about Jack's back tattoo. Jack also has a small tattoo on the upper left part of his back. It can be seen very briefly in pilot part one after he says standard black and it is very noticeable in the early scenes of something nice back home. So he has had this tattoo the entire time. Just didn't notice. All right. Yeah. Apparently it is very noticeable in the early scenes of something nice back home. So we noticed it exactly when we were supposed to notice it. I guess. I know this is like standard operating procedure for filming a television series, Uh but it must be such a pain to have to reapply all of the tattoos every single time they might be seen. I'm assuming they're not real tattoos. Some of them are for sure. Let's see. Like the one that he like got in some or in a stranger in a strange land is actually Matt's tattoo. Oh. They were like, this yeah. tattoo is so abhorrent mm. and unfortunate that we just have to make a whole story about it. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, isn't the whole, <laughs> isn't that explicitly <laughs> given like a bad connotation? Horrible. In that episode? Horrible. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, I would be embarrassed about them forever. <laughs> like, dude, when I tell you, I'm like in a in a couple of like lost Facebook groups. It just makes it basically makes it so that I get like lost content instead of like weird friend I knew in middle school content on my Facebook page if I ever show up. It's better this way. Yeah. And some of them are like, look at my lost tattoo. And they literally just got Jack's shoulder tattoo. And I'm like, no, no. Why would you do that? No, no. The Dharma symbol is right there. I was like, I will not be commenting upon this, but I am judging. (laughs) Oh, no. That did they take away nothing. The level of like intentional Mm. misinterpretation. Misinterpretation? Yeah. That upsetting. Makes me feel a lot better about myself for having a hundred (laughs) tattoo. Yeah. Oh my god. I know, that's me looking down at my Harry Potter tattoo. Like, well, it could be worse. Great. Yeah, it says on the Jack's tattoo page on Lostpedia that Matthew Fox mentions that he had all of these tattoos before the show. The producers first considered putting makeup over them, but later decided they fit in with the show and kept them. So these are all Matt's tattoos. Really? Okay, so I was wrong. So they're, okay, never mind then. I cannot believe all of those were intentional choices. I have no sympathy for any makeup people that worked on Lost, ever. (laughs) Let it be known. I do appreciate the, like, very menacing scar that they put over Terry's eye every single time, though. That's good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, although the translation that Jack is, like, given in Stranger to Strange Land is, like, not actually what it means or, like, something like that. Yeah, that's that's a weird episode. That makes it even sadder that somebody... If it was just a tattoo that some random dude had before he got onto his show. Yeah. Really unfortunate. (laughs) It removes some of the meaning. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Really unfortunate. Anyway, if you're the person who has that tattoo uh, and, and, and I'm currently just like ripping on your tattoo, I'm very sorry and I don't mean it. Um, also, yeah. what were you thinking? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sorry, I don't want to make fun of you. I'm sorry, and I do mean it. I, 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 I just don't know why you thought that was a good idea. And I'm, I'm sorry that you did that, is what I'm sorry for. We all have choices in this life. But hey, and- if you're happy with it, it's your body. Go for it. That's what's important. That's what's important. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So at the hospital, uh, Jack is walking out with the appointment he was reminded of. It's freaking Ms. Berenberg. Ugh, so annoying. 
can't stand her. <laughs> and he says, you're in good hands, Ms. Berenberg. See you at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Remember, no solid food. And he says, have a good evening. And I'm like, wasn't your appointment at 11 a.m.? Wait, yeah. How long did it last? Damn. Look, there's a lot to go over with Ms. Berenberg. <laughs> I guess so. And also, just no solid food. I just had surgery last month, and I wasn't allowed to have anything, not even water. That's brutal. Yeah, I know. They were like, how are you feeling? And I was like, thirsty. You know, I can barely deal when they're like, oh, don't have coffee before getting your blood <laughs> yeah, drawn or whatever. Like, right. nah. I'll just die. Sorry. They were like, hope you're doing okay. And I was like, I'm not. I would love a drink of water, please. So uh, Jack sees Christian walking up, but he's just like seeing things, right? It's like not actually Christian. And uh, it looks like the name on Jack's jacket is misspelled, but I'm pretty sure we've already pointed that out in the season three finale that the flash forward version of Jack's coat is spelled as Shepherd without the H. That is a significant yeah. oversight. Yeah, for sure. Like his lab coat says... S-H-E-P-A-R-D, but the door to his office and his name in the lobby spells it correctly, S-H-E-P-H-A-R-D. So, so this whole time, he's an imposter. He's an imposter. Who is he? That man is not a doctor. So this colleague that he talks to a couple of times this episode, her name's Erica, and uh, she asks his opinion on an x-ray. It's the L4 vertebrae that they're looking at, and um, it's the, this is the same place where Ben's tumor was, is the L4 vertebrae. Oh. Um, classic L4 vertebrae. Four being one of the numbers. And Jack is like, I'm trying to pay attention to this right now, but I'm really weirded out about what I just saw, so I'm just going to try and pay attention. Mm -hmm. The receptionist says there's a call for him, and it's Dr. Stillman from Santa Rosa regarding a friend of yours. Jack, clearly very in demand, hot commodity. It's true. And I, I totally think that they do this effectively, where it really feels like I understand part of why he breaks down is because he's so overwhelmed. Like, he's, like, later we see him and he's still in the office and it's like night night time out mm -hmm. you know like he's at work all the time yeah, my dude needs to get a solid eight hours yeah, yeah he's like juggling worrying about hurley he's juggling the lie that they all told outside like he's he's just got a lot going on and so like i'm not saying it was right of him to start stealing medication but i see why he starts to deteriorate yeah that man is um burying himself in his work to ignore his um personal problems yeah well also like later erica's like you should talk to somebody and he's like okay and i'm like he's not gonna do that <laughs> no jack doesn't believe in therapy for himself yeah dude literally says i'll do that which is toxic yeah. dude for i'm not gonna do that <laughs> exactly yeah sure erica thanks great advice he goes to the therapist and he's like, now look, I'm going to talk you through how to how to do therapy at me. <laughs> well, fully, he goes to Santa Rosa next scene and uh, the doctor is like, yeah, he won't take his meds. And Jack's like, therapists, <laughs> psychiatrists, <laughs> they don't know how to do anything. So although I did want to say Libby, a psychologist slash psychiatrist, I can't remember which one totally helped Claire in season two. Just saying. Mm -hmm. I think psychologist. Yeah. So it's Dr. Stillman. And uh, this is the same doctor from before the crash. Like, it's the same doctor who was like, Hurley Dave isn't real. Oh, that guy. You know, like, he's, he's still there. And he's his same doctor. And he tells Jack that he's refusing his meds and he won't sleep. And they call Jack instead of Hurley's family? Sure. I, I have to assume that they did call his family and it just didn't help. Or that Jack is listed as his emergency medical person. Or something like that. Or maybe Hurley insinuated that he would only talk to Jack. That's true. Mm. He, that and, and I would believe that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right, because he has a message for her. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. So Jack's like, well, isn't he doing, I don't know, therapy or something for this? (laughs) Whatever that is? I don't know. And the doctor's like, yeah, the therapy's not really working because he doesn't think I exist. (laughs) Awkward. I told him that Dave didn't exist, and he said Uno reverse card, and I'm regretting (laughs) it now. (laughs) I'm regretting it now. I feel awkward. Do we ever get confirmation if Dave truly never existed or if he was a dead guy. Because Hurley sees, like, dead people fairly frequently. Right. I feel like we... I don't think... Don't get confirmation. I think that Hurley... Like, solid confirmation. Doesn't start seeing dead people until after the crash. Or, like, until after um, he gets back from the crash. Like, in the flash forward. So, I'm pretty sure... Like, like he sees Charlie. We know that for sure. And Dave would be the only other time that he would have seen a dead person... Mm -hmm. If that were true, like before he leaves the island. So I'm pretty sure that Dave was his imaginary friend. If Dave was like a guy who was at Santa Rosa and then left Santa Rosa and Hurley said, now he's my imaginary friend and he never left Santa Rosa. That's possible. But I don't, I don't think that Dave is dead. That's fair. I guess the doctor would also in theory clarify more specifically, like Dave hasn't been here in a long time. As opposed mm. to doesn't exist. Right. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. So they open the room with a keypad and Hurley's just sitting on his bed like staring. And Jack goes, hey, bud. How's it going? Hey, champ. I, <laughs> I really hate hospitals. Why did you ask me to come here? And Hurley says, hey, Jack. And Jack goes, so you're not taking your meds? And Hurley's like, why would I take my meds? I'm dead. We're all <laughs> dead. We never got off the island. And I'm like, hey, Hurley, this didn't really help out the rumors. The rumors that you were dead the whole time. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, doing no favors for misinterpretations of the plot. Exactly. Like, okay, bud. And, and you know, there's multiple times in the show where they're like, what if we're all dead? And it was a very like, oh my God, what if they are? Like at the time and now like looking back on it, I'm like, y'all ruined it. Y'all. <laughs> it was like meaningful when you said it. And now afterwards, I feel sad and bad about it. I'm just going to put this out there, and this is a mistake to put out there in the in the, in the public ear. Uh-huh. Somebody brushing off the entirety of Lost as, as like, oh, I called it, they were dead the whole time, and so uh-huh. I won't watch the show. I can't, I can't even with you anymore. I can't, I yeah. can't do it. It's like one of the few things that gets to me. Very few things mm-hmm. actually like ruffle my proverbial feathers, and that's one of them. It's like yeah. the ultimate gaslighting. Like, yeah. someone fundamentally does not understand what happened on this show like you were literally Mm -hmm. you're lying that's not true that is not it's so frustrating and even if it was which it isn't but even if it was like all of that is worth the like joy and um like important messaging that i got from this show so even if it was it would still be worth watching for me oh yeah 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 even if that was the ending but like it literally isn't it's that literally is not what happens. They they broke the entire world's brain with that post credits sequence in the yeah. finale. I'll stop. I'm sorry. I'm just ambiently mad my entire life. Yeah, and honestly, this isn't even spoilers because like we've talked about this before that like everybody thinks that they're dead the whole time. So they li- oh my god, dumb. Yeah, really. I'm just over here seething. <laughs> Me too. Really ruffles my feathers. Really puts a snake in my boots. So yeah, thanks, Hurley. Exactly. <laughs> So Jack's like, well, that's not true. And I'm like, thanks, Jack, standing up for us. And uh, Hurley says, what did you do today? And Jack goes, I woke, I had a shower, uh, Kate and I fed Aaron. And Hurley's like, well, I thought you didn't want to hang out with Aaron. And he's like, yeah, I changed my mind. And Hurley's like, sounds great. Kind of like heaven. (laughs) And Jack's like, 
just because I'm happy doesn't mean it's not real. Rare occasion where I'm actually siding with Jack on this one. Kind of a <laughs> yeah. kind of a mean thing to be like, oh, you're happy? You must be dead. <laughs> <laughs> right. So exactly. Funny. Well, like, I get what he means, though, because it's like, hmm, seems like all of the main characters in your life are people who were on the island with us. Like, good point, but you don't really have that many legs to stand on here. Sorry, you can only be happy if you're dead. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. Why aren't you taking your meds? Because we're dead. All of us. All the Oceanic Six were all dead. We never got off that island. Early. That is not true. What'd you do today? What did I do today? I, uh... I woke up, took a shower. Kate and I fed the baby. I thought you didn't want anything to do with her. I changed my mind after the trial. Living with Kate, taking care of Aaron, it all seems so perfect. Just like heaven. Just because I'm happy doesn't mean that this isn't real, Early. I was happy too, Jack. For a while, anyway. Hurley's like, well, I was happy too, but then I saw Charlie, who's on, who I know is dead, and he sits with me out in the front, and he, so that means uh, he's come more times than we've seen. We've only seen the one time that he came to Hurley, at least at the hospital, but obviously he's come more times than that. Mm -hmm. And Jack goes, okay, what do you talk about? Like, Jack is sort of, like, leaning into it, like, he just wants more information, but I, I don't, Jack obviously doesn't believe this, right? He just wants mm -hmm. to know. So Hurley says, Yesterday he said you were coming and he wanted me to tell you something. And he grabs a little piece of paper and he says he made me write it down so I wouldn't mess it up. And it's a throwaway line, but I'm like, hey, that's really sad. Yeah. And Hurley cries about it too. He's like, he made me write it down so I wouldn't mess it up. Which tracks for Charlie, you know? Like, I definitely see Charlie doing that. But it's sad that even... It's a very short message though. Yeah, exactly. Well, even in what Hurley deems to be heaven, Charlie's still being mean to him. Aww. So the message is, you're not supposed to raise him, Jack. And he goes, do you know what that means? And he f totally freaks out, Jack. And I'm like, Hurley, it's pretty clear what it means. It yeah. is a mystery. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, maybe it means Aaron? I don't know. And Jack's like, no, probably not. Probably not that. Anyway, bye, Hurley. Take your freaking meds, please. And then Hurley, creepily, Charlie said someone's going to visit you too, Jack. <laughs> and of course, Jack is like, I don't want to tell him that I think I've already been visited by somebody. <laughs> I don't want anyone to say that to me ever. <laughs> someone's coming to visit you. Like, even if it's not in the context of someone who's dead is going to come visit you, if you just yeah. told me, like, someone's going to come visit you, no, I'm moving. No, you have to text me first before you just show up at my house. Yeah, can't be doing that. Yeah. No, that's my nightmare. I need a warning. I need, no, even if I have a warning, oh my God, earlier today, my aunt texted me and she was like, can I call you at 1130? And I was like, um, sure. From the time she texted me that until 1130, I was just sitting on the couch sweating. I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God. Oh my God. And then the call came and I was still surprised. I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's me when like you make an appointment with the doctor to like call you at a certain time and it's like a window of five minutes and you sit there for the five minutes and you just go. <sighs> the worst, the worst. And then it turned to 1131 and I was like, oh my God, I guess it's just not happening. But then she called me at 1132. Yeah. <laughs> like, how long do I wait? 
Yeah. I know you said you need a warning. Mm-hmm. I first heard you say you need a warrant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> if anybody wants to come see me, get a warrant. <laughs> Talk to a judge first. Get a warrant. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to use that now. <laughs> yeah, that's good, actually. Can I come over and watch this? Do you have a warrant? You need a warrant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Jack sits in his car at night looking at like that table that Hurley was saying that he sits with Charlie at and he like drives away. I guess I assume that that is the, the same night that he was just with Hurley at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? He, he hasn't come back another day to stare at it no right? i don't think so okay well so yeah, it is jack possible <laughs> he does yeah. have obsessive tendencies he does stalk people occasionally so he gets home and kate's asleep and she goes oh my god what time is it and he goes oh i just got home sorry and i'm like and you have a surgery at 5 a.m tomorrow jesus christ but also i would not feel great about having a sleep deprived surgeon operating on me that does not answer the question of what time it is just by the way so she goes oh have you been working for this long and he goes no i was just getting something like sorry and she said okay what's up and he says you said yesterday or you said the other night that i was a natural at this like do you actually think so and she says yes and he asks her to marry him was the ring store open this late did he already have the ring like i'm confused about the timeline like how long did you sit at hurley's place because that was night yeah when he said that he had to go get he like he was like i had to go get something yeah. and it took a little while yeah so i guess that was the was he talking about the ring or was he just covering yeah he's just like i had to go get something i got some talkies and i put them in the pantry <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was getting and also here's this diamond ring yeah exactly but it wasn't that late when he was with hurley right like the, the hospital was still open it was evening but like the doctor was still there and everything right so i'm just a little yeah doctors yeah. aren't there after the evening time yeah <laughs> i'm i'm just confused about the timeline of this night and uh she agrees she says she'll marry him mistake we obviously know that this goes downhill before the flash forwards uh at the end of season three but i i bet this means so much more to her because even though she's been married before this time she's getting married as kate and not as monica you know oh right she's getting married as herself uh, yeah it's legit this I'm not time. sure how she got legally married as monica actually now that i'm thinking about it but whatever <laughs> On Lostpedia, it said, Kate responds to Jack's marriage proposal with the phrase, of course I will, which mirrors her exact phrase to Jack when she first meets him in the pilot episode when he asked her to stitch him up. Her hand sewing his back in that scene also contrasts with her view of Juliet using surgical tools to sew Jack up after the surgery here. Um, So I love that they used the same phrase, uh, which is one of the first things they ever said to each other. I thought that was sweet. Oh, that's nice. I didn't catch that. I hope the Jates enjoyed that. <laughs> like, it makes me want to throw up, but I hope you guys like it. <laughs> but I hope you liked it. So at work, uh, Jack is looking at an x-ray and sort of making a dictation about Laker, Ryan, 36 male. You know, we don't know, but I hope that Miss Berenberg's surgery went well. And uh, Jack starts hearing these beeps and he starts following it. And it sounds like the hatch, right? Not exactly, but it's close. And uh, so, of course, Jack sort of has a little bit of PTSD about that. Yeah, just a little bit of PTSD in that guy. Just a little bit. Uh, It's a smoke alarm at the reception desk, and he gets on a chair to take out the battery, and then that's when he sees Christian, which totally freaks Jack out, understandably. And he's wearing exactly what he wore when he was buried and you know Hurley said someone was coming and this is the person who's coming to see you see in this scene you have to like really there's a lot of like required suspension of disbelief yeah because uh when he starts hearing the the fire alarm or the smoke the smoke detector like the low battery alarm yeah those only beep once a minute right yeah that thing's beeping way too far and 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 in the show it's beeping once every like 
five seconds, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. And so it just really takes me out of the moment. Yeah, that's fair. Christian's pretty interesting, too, but... But, whatever. I I, I, I will say, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe I, I hope this does not count towards spoiler side, mm-hmm. I was wondering what the hell that Christian was, right? Like, ha- Yes, yeah. Who, who what, mm. by what manifestation is there a, a Christian shepherd there? And according to Lostpedia, uh, <laughs> we, we, we don't know. Yeah, I do have thoughts on that. I definitely have thoughts on that, and I, I have those in the spoiler section, but I have a whole thing to say. All right, I will wait. Beautiful. Perfect. So Dr. Erica Stevenson is here again, and she's like, hey, uh, what are you doing? And Jack's like, I'm fine. <laughs> and he's like trying not to cry. And um, he's like, sorry, it was beeping, and I'm really upset about it. I really don't like the beeping. It's only supposed to be once a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, what was that? That was weird. And Erica says, thanks for keeping us safe. And I was like, what? He took the batteries out of the smoke detector. That's not safe. Yeah. <laughs> That's not safe. What are you talking about? I don't know. He doesn't have spares. Yeah. Um, on Lostpedia, it was pointed out that hardwired smoke detectors, as used in a hospital, are attached to a central electrical supply and linked together. Any malfunctioning of a commercial smoke alarm would be indicated at a controlled central panel, not by a beeping in the unit itself. Hardwired detectors do have a battery on board for backup in case of a loss of power or electricity to the unit. The unit would then beep as an alert that power Power has been lost in one area. Um, so unrealistic in multiple ways, this smoke alarm. Yeah, Dev is right. Um, the smoke alarm is the most concerning thing about this scene. <laughs> I completely agree. I'm saying it's got a lot of red flags and it's worth yeah. consideration. I think we should really dig deeper into the smoke alarm meta. Do not trust that smoke alarm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So Jack goes, um, could you please write me a prescription for clonazepam? I got a lot going on. I'm struggling. I just got engaged. I'm not sleeping. And she writes it and gives it to him. And of course, this is like the start of it. You know, this is the beginning of what we see in the uh, season three finale. And Erica says, getting engaged should make you less stressed. Like you should really talk to someone. And Jack goes, yep. What a guy. Oh, I will. Bye-bye. Maybe you shouldn't be getting engaged if it makes you more stressed. (laughs) Yeah. As if Jack doesn't believe in therapy. Or maybe he does. But for everyone but himself, he's like, please, I don't need help with anything. (laughs) Yeah. Stop. This medication that Jack gets is the same medication that uh, Hurley was on in Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting that Jack is like, Hurley's crazy. He's in a mental institution, but hmm, look who needs the same medication. Just saying. Mm. Lastly, Erica, her hairstyle is just not it for me. Um, It's like the John and Kate plus eight special. Oh no. Yeah, it's just not it for me. But hey, it's not my hair, so she can do whatever she wants. So Jack gets home and Kate is on the phone and she says, yeah, I'll just have the nanny stay a few more hours. Like Jack's never home before eight. So that's fine. She says she can stay for at least an hour. And then she goes, oop, gotta go. And Jack says, oh, sorry, who was that? And Kate goes, Noreen, one of the moms, the parks. And Jack goes, weird, you never talked about Noreen before. And Kate goes, well, now I've told you all about Noreen. So we're good. Uh (laughs) So we're good, right? Yeah. And also it's like, why would you go to her house without Aaron? as well like that doesn't track because she just said she was gonna have the nanny stay longer to be with Aaron so that she could be to this place she she could go to this place Mm -hmm. so that doesn't track uh Jack is like I'm suspicious and I'm gonna be really weird about it which is consistent for him yeah subtlety is not his strong suit we might need to wait till the spoilers section but I genuinely don't know who she was actually talking to on the phone in that moment I do I do we're good 
But so we see Aaron's art on the fridge and he's made like a little ladybug, which is uh, sort of an allusion to the beginning of the end at the beginning of this season, um, because there are paper ladybug, butterfly and flower cutouts on Jack and Kate's refrigerator, just like in the Santa Rosa Mental Health Institute in 401. So she goes upstairs and he takes two of his pills with like a whole beer. And I'm like, dude. Like a whole, like way more than you would think that you would need to swallow the pills. A concerning amount of beer. You're the most unhealthy doctor of all time, dude. I'm afraid to take like ibuprofen if I've had a drink in the same day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about that one, dog. (laughs) I know. I like got, um... Uh, I got some painkillers for my surgery last month and I was just like, well, I can't take two. It says one or two, but I'm scared. I'll just take one. And Jack's like, I'm going to down this whole beer with my, uh, I don't know, opioids or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. On Lostpedia, it said, Jack gets his prescription from Scadden's Pharmacy, a fictional pharmacy named on several episodes of CSI. Um, It was also listed as the pharmacy for Emily Locke's prescription on her Santa Rosa Mental Health Institute admission in Deus Ex Machina. And Jack's beer is Pennsburg Beer, which is a prop brand produced by Independent Studio Services, which we talked about. Um, earlier um so both the pharmacy and the beer are fake are fake fun (laughs) cute so lastly i believe um jack is once again at home drinking and uh kate gets home he's got a lot of bottles out there so many so like he's been drinking for a while and uh drunk jack is the scariest jack i hate him in my opinion like he's scary so kate goes Oh, you're early. Like, where's Veronica? Which is the nanny. Uh, Jack says, I sent her home. Um, Aaron is already asleep. And why was she here? Like, she works until four. And I came home at six. So why was she here? Fun fact about that, six is actually after four. Yeah, right. (laughs) Maybe Kate just wants to have a life. Maybe Kate just wants to do stuff. Like, maybe it's none of your business. I know that they're engaged, but also, like, she she could be like, I was playing laser tag with my friends. Yo, I would actually like Kate in this situation. Hold on. <laughs> That'd be great. Maybe she was playing laser tag with her friends. Is that is <laughs> yeah. the, I don't want to jump ahead of the of the narration. That'd but. be great. Yeah. Honestly, but brownie points for her if she was playing laser tag. But she says she was just running some errands. So she asked her to stay. And uh, you know, I it's it's Kate's prerogative, and as long as she's like paying Veronica well, which I assume she is, because both her and Jack are made of money now that they've gotten those settlements from the Oceanic. Mm-hmm. I just hope that she doesn't do that too often. I hope I hope that she lets Veronica like go home and have a life, you know? Veronica probably has a family that she'd like to spend time with. And so, um, yeah, I just want Veronica to have nice things. That's nice. Also. I want to interject real quick and talk about the yeah. point of them having a lot of money. Sure. Uh, why is he driving a Ford Bronco? <laughs> yeah, it's... What is what is this, this accomplished spinal surgeon who also got mm-hmm. a huge settlement from a major airline doing driving a Ford Bronco? Jack, are you okay? Nostalgia? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think Jack can confidently say he is not okay. Yeah, right, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Kate's got a real nice house, though. Yeah, it's Big. cute. Nice house. It's got a really nice bathroom. I will. I, will, I have mm-hmm. some, uh, some bathroom jealousy, some shower jealousy yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. It was a nice looking shower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Kate goes, yeah, also, why, why did you come home early? And Jack says, I went to go see Hurley. And she goes, oh my God, I would have come. And he goes, no, I went last Friday. And she's like, cool. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. Thanks, I guess. Yeah. And like, she's like, oh, you mean the night you engage- you got engaged to me? The night you asked me to marry you, you went to see Hurley? Okay. Well, you had to get his blessing. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Jack's like, well, it doesn't matter. He's crazy. And I know it would upset you. So 
I didn't invite you. And she's like, okay, well, wish I had been able to make that decision, but okay. So then he's like, where were you? And she goes, I just told you I was doing errands. Um, and clearly you didn't believe me. So can I just ask you to please trust me and not ask about that? And he goes, no, (laughs) I won't. I won't. I heard you say last night talking about this. Who are you talking to? And he gets all yelly. And I've seen flashbacks of this guy. We've all seen flashbacks of this guy. And I know he's not going to let it go because that's not what Jack does. That is a man who does not let go. He like starts yelling and screaming at her. Yeah. He says, where were you and who were you with? This is scary. Yeah. This is really scary. Yeah. It's genuinely an uncomfortable scene. Some of the worst of Jack, if not the worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, honestly, I would be like, I mean, I know she's already seen a bad side of him before, but I'd be like, hey, I have a hard time wanting to be engaged to you when you're like this. I'm gonna be honest. It's very Mm -hmm. scary for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is not me apologizing for abusive behavior. I will say, though, that Kate saying, trust me, I did a thing, don't ask questions, does Mm -hmm. not instill me, comma, a viewer in confidence. That's true. But if you're, and I guess Jack would have that perspective, too. But if you are supposed to be, you know, marrying, creating a lifelong partnership with this person whom you have implicit trust in, Mm -hmm. maybe have implicit trust in them. Yeah, it's it's hard. I like I see both sides, but I'm also like, if there's something about your life that needs to be secret and she asks for the trust, then it's like, at what point do you let it go? You know? Oh, absolutely. But this is Jack and he can't handle that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What they need is a safe word. And the safe word is stop talking about the thing we're talking about. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean, like the whole point is that they they would never be able to actually work together. But like, Correct. Kate is entirely smoke mirrors and secrets. And Jack is entirely, I have to uncover the truth because everyone, clearly everything is about me all the time and everyone's out to get me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is weird. This just came into my brain. That's why they are so incompatible. I don't know if this makes any sense, but I just like saw this vision in my mind. But in my mind, Kate is made of sand. (laughs) I don't know how to explain this. Kate is made of sand. (laughs) And, and, and. It's like she's made of sand and then at any given time the sand can just drop and she's gone. But Jack is made of stone. I don't know how to explain it. I love this. It's just something that came into my brain. But yeah, I feel like Kate is, in my mind, Kate is made of sand and Jack is made of stone. Sure. I can't explain it any farther than that. But there you go. That sounds like gender to me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Goals. So Kate says, fine, I'll tell you I was doing something for Sawyer because I promised him. But it has nothing to do with us, right? So Jack says, then tell me. And she says, he wouldn't want me to. We'll talk about this in the spoiler section. I know what all of this is. But he says, well, he's not here. He chose to stay. So he won't know that you told me his secret. And she's like, but I'll know that I told his secret and then I'll be sad <laughs> that I betrayed him. And uh, this is very cool because this is the first time we're hearing about people choosing to stay. Mm-hmm. We technically don't know. I mean, we they've talked about like protecting the people who are behind, um, who let, who are still there. So we know that they're still alive, but we haven't heard about anybody like choosing to stay rather than going. It's also just like peak Jack's flaw, right? Yeah. Like he has a he has a inferiority complex and a savior complex and they mm-hmm. do not play nicely together. And he's like, yeah. I look at all the good that I did and you're disrespecting me by at all acknowledging somebody else who was in your life and that's that's too much and not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point because I think he even feels I mean, among it all, uh, disrespected by Sawyer, that Sawyer chose to stay. That Sawyer's like, Jack's like, I did all of this work to get us off the island, me, by myself, personally. And uh, and you choosing to not 
go with us is an act of defiance against me specifically. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> and when I say it's the first time we're hearing about people choosing to stay, I'm talking about like after it all, other than like deciding to go with Locke and stuff like that. Cause that yeah. technically was choosing to stay, especially because we know Sawyer has changed his mind against being with Locke. He, he's on his way to Jack's team on the beach right now, mm-hmm. you know? So Jack is like, I came back. I'm here. I saved you. And I'd be like, you saved me? Uh. <laughs> Screw you, man. Uh. Are you kidding me? No, thanks. Ugh, gross. Horrible, Jack. Horrible, Jack. You saved me. I'm pretty sure I saved you a couple times. Jack at his absolute worst. I was your nurse like four times. So she says, hey, if you're having problems like this, you can't be like this around my son. And Jack says, you're not even related to him. Jack, don't. Oh, I heard you on the phone last night. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Just let it go. No, no, I want to know. No, Jack. I want to know where you were. I want to know who you were with. It doesn't matter, Jack. Please. Tell me! I was doing something for him. For who? For Sawyer. I made him a promise. What? It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with us. Then why won't you tell me? Because because he wouldn't want me to. But he's not here, is he? No. No, he made his choice. He chose to stay. I'm the one who came back. I'm the one who's here. I'm the one who saved you. You can't, you can't do this. If you have problems, you need to figure them out. All right, because I can't have you like this around my son. Your son. You're not even related to him. Yeah, that's my half-nephew. What's your blood relationship? (laughs) And Jack's fully his uncle. Ugh. Ugh. Like, I, I do love that moment. It is scary. Like I said, Jack is very scary in the scene, but like, it's sort of exactly what the audience is thinking. You know, when she says my son, like we all love Claire and we're like, that's not your son. That's Claire's son. So it's nice that Jack sort of like verbalizes it. And it's a really interesting sort of slap in the face moment that, that she gets slapped with, which I thought is like really effective storytelling wise. I, I think it's a, I think it's just a really low blow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think Jack is in, Jack has no right to be saying that at this moment, Yeah. like to be putting that on Kate. Mm-hmm. I think maybe if he were um sober and they were having a honest conversation together, he could be like, yo, I'm kind of, I don't really know how I feel about you calling my nephew your son. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this is the time to pull that card. I think it was really heartless, especially considering the child was right there. Yeah. And I also, I don't think that we know at this point if Jack even knows that he and Claire were related. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's possible that he doesn't realize that either of them are related to him. Oh, damn. Yeah. It's also just further incredibly disrespectful. I mean, like, yeah. again, you just proposed to this woman. And like yeah. you know that like her her whole thing right now is taking care of this child. 
mm-hmm. in in a mothering relationship. And like the whole mm-hmm. thing that you're doing is like playing house with this kid. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. What are you doing? Not good. Yeah. And of course, I mean, Jack is slashed out of his mind, right? Like, ugh. exactly. I mean, yeah. So yeah, Aaron's awake and he heard it and he's got his little whale stuffy. Oh, which is really cute. The whale, of course, being black and white, which is a theme on this show. And she goes to put him back in bed. And hey, not great. Not great, Jack. No good. How's your engagement going, bud? It's been a week. It's been (laughs) like four days. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he said last Friday, right? So it's like it's been a or or on Friday. I can't remember what he said. But yeah, not great, bud. Not great. Leave it to Jack to just like royally screw up his own engagement. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> so true. Exactly. Just like he said. Yeah. On Lostpedia, it said, In Raised by Another, the psychic, Richard Malkin, originally told Claire that only she could raise the baby. When she went to see him after changing her mind about adoption, he told her that a nice couple in Los Angeles would raise the baby and that they're not strangers, Claire. They're good people. He then handed Claire tickets and travel info for her trip. Then the plane crashed and she thought that he knew that would happen and she would have to raise the baby herself. But in this episode, we find Aaron living with a couple in Los Angeles. Hey, yo. However, Charlie appeared to Hurley, reiterates that Jack is not... Not meant to raise Aaron. Oof. Yeah. Woof. And that's the episode. Yowza. Yowza. Is there anything else you guys want to mention before we do our segments and go into spoilers? Uh, I would just love to say once more that I hate Jack. Yeah, I mean, not a great, not a great one for your boy, but oof. Yeah, no, no I, I didn't even think about the uh, the psychic dude and the LA yeah. thing. And now I'm wondering, I mean, maybe we should, I should save this until we're solidly in spoiler territory, but mm-hmm. like, who's right? Yeah, like, who knows? It's not like Charlie or whatever is a thoroughly trustworthy source here. Right. And where did Charlie get that information from? How does he know that even, you know? I can confidently say that Jack reading a book is not a strong enough basis for uh, being a good father. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I think we need to uh, get a little more judging parameters in there. She's like, you're really good at reading. But have you considered that he's hot? (laughs) Oh, well- you got me. That seems to be uh, that seems to be the criteria that Kate's working with here. Yeah. Then she's like, Jack. I like that tattoo we never see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're really good at reading, Jack. And he's like, thanks. I'm a doctor, so. I mean, <laughs> got a degree. She says you're really good at reading, and then he's like, thanks, and then they literally do it. Like, it's. I got it from my dad. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> you're so smart. You can read this children's book. You can read Whoa. this book real great. Yeah. She's like, hey, it's not the monster at the end of this book, but... Oh, my God. It's something. All right, guys, let's go into segments. Our first segment is our favorite line award. My favorite line award goes to Sawyer and Miles for... The guy's going to put a boot in your face unless you say, yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get you. (laughs) I love that he repeats it right back to him. So good. I love those two. So good. And my favorite line award goes to Jack and Juliet for... When was the last time you did this? An appendectomy or shaving a man's stomach? (laughs) iconic so funny she's so funny she's so funny my favorite line uh goes to rose because of course for the day before we're all supposed to be rescued the person that we count on the most suddenly comes down with a life-threatening condition and you're chalking it up to bad luck well drag him she is such an icon and it's because she's always right yeah absolutely rose is always right our next segment brand new segment from last episode casey's random award of the episode yeehaw 
I completely forgot about this until Robin reminded me about it earlier. And I knew you did, which is why I reminded you. I was like, I bet Casey doesn't remember this. I love that. Um, This week's award will be whose storyline would be 815 times better if a woman was at all involved in writing it. <laughs> that goes that goes to Claire. Yay! Because um, amazing. It makes me mad and sad. That's a good one. Absolutely have to agree. Thank Love you. It. Now our next one is Man of Science, Man of Faith. Um, we're gonna be talking about Jack this episode. Jack is almost always a man of science. So is there anywhere that we can see man of faith from Jack this episode? Because we already know that Jack's gonna be a man of science, but is there any faith that we can find? I would say he is extremely running on faith alone on the island. Um, mm. because of if he was using any part of his scientific brain, he would know that, um, yeah, this is an appendicitis and I'm not going to survive it if I don't get help. With, or like faith in himself, because not even faith in Juliet. He is deeply not putting any faith in Juliet. Oh, fully no. He's just like- It's like all just on himself. It'll heal itself on good vibes. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, disappointing. I don't know if this is like, if this is direct enough or not, mm -hmm. but the whole uh, trying to essentially, you know, he goes to Hurley. Hurley's like, ooh, mm -hmm. uh, reminder that this show is a fantasy show. <laughs> yeah, right. And Jack's like, I hate that. And so then he goes and gets <laughs> medication to try to stop seeing right. his dad. So like, yeah. it's almost like he's using science in this situation as a way to keep yeah. faith out of his general, mm -hmm. you know, smell radius. He's like, what are you talking about? I am totally a man of faith. I have so much faith in science. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. Great. I know that we're supposed to talk about Jack, but can I just chime in real quick and say that I do think that there's an extremely good science faith interaction, which also happens to be the exact quote that I picked. Of course. My favorite quote, but... Yes. The Bernard. Oh, so true. Bernard Rose are like the literal like, hey, by the way, here's the theme. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So true. Yeah, that's a good one. Did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode and they did do the thing. Bernard says it. That's so good. Wouldn't you rather be dreaming about something nice back home? No. All right, guys. How likable is Jack this episode? Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Out of 10, as I always do it, I take it. I start at five and I say, where do we go from here? Um, what do you guys think? Where are you where are you putting him on the scale this episode? Scale is broken. <laughs> Jack scale, is the, off the scale. The, the alcohol has fallen off out of the thermometer. Like it is it is so cold he does virtually nothing redeeming in this episode except for like use sawyer's catchphrase yeah <laughs> i mean and freaking stepping on a millennium falcon have some respect have some respect <laughs> i would love to hear from like a jack stan i know that they're out there i would love to hear from a jack stan about how they feel about this episode and what um redeeming qualities you can offer us because i simply can't find any but if you have some i would love to hear from you Truly, I want to hear the other opinion. So please, yeah. please let us know. Uh, I... I'll step in with two that I think I can give. Okay, please do. Uh, one is a one is a, just a joke, which I was going to say, you know, he does change the battery or at least take the battery out <laughs> of the smoke detector. Uh -huh. He Instead of leaving it for someone else to do, he takes it upon himself. Sure. Um, but I, I, I can, I, this is, I don't think that he has a single redeeming moment in this episode, but I think that you could, that it's easier to contextualize why he's so messed up in this episode. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes downhill real quick, but he gets he gets just like repeatedly shook throughout the episode. Like yeah. if I mm -hmm. saw my dead father in my hospital and like I like he looked at him and like maintained eye contact and like Christian leaned forward, like had motion. Mm -hmm. 
and then yeah. wasn't there after the woman was like, hey, how's it going, Jack? Mm -hmm. uh, and then Hurley was like, you have a message that you're not supposed to raise the kid. Like, understandably shook, right? Like, yeah. I would be shook yeah. too. I would probably reach for some form of substance or like, I wouldn't want to go to people and be like, hey, so uh, guess what? I'm losing my mind. I would probably <laughs> instead try to check myself somehow. And hopefully I would choose a happier way than Jack Tim tends to reach for. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I... It's like, hey, he read a story to a kid. That was nice. <laughs> that, that was fine, I guess. Um, Kind of a dark chapter of a story, but okay. <laughs> yeah. He did set up the coffee pot. He did yep. make coffee. That's so mm -hmm. true. Aaron's like, I'd rather fall asleep than listen to you read this. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I want to say, like, I'm not dunking on Jack, like, having a whole slew of, like, not great things happening to him all at once. Mm -hmm. And like, he knows that Kate is sneaking around and doing stuff. I just yeah. think his reaction is incredibly poor. And like, there's a mm -hmm. child in the mix. I think you could be a little, mm, you, you could have done some things differently bud oh my gosh i can't believe i forgot to bring this up but like what? now that jack sees himself as like a pseudo father like <gasps> doing this He's with a kid in the the house knowing the way that his own father acted is like really upsetting. Yeah, he's got hella dad issues. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Woof. I'm gonna give him a two. That's generous. That's very generous. <laughs> Thank you. What are you guys gonna do? Did you guys pick a number? Uh, literal zero. Literal negative okay. eight hundred fifteen. I think I'm gonna go with I. Like, okay. like the imaginary number, the, the square root of negative one. Oh, I see. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, cool. Because it is imaginary to think that Jack is at all likable in this episode. Okay, yeah. perfect. I liked when he got chloroform. That was nice. Yeah, that was funny. That was a really <laughs> good moment because he shut up. Yeah, that was pretty good. I loved it. I'm so sorry, yeah. Jack Stans. I, I genuinely, there are episodes, to to everybody who's hearing me for the first time, Um, I, I uh, there are episodes where I think Jack's perfectly fine. Kind of. Yes. Uh, this episode, is oofa doofa um yeah <laughs> it ain't one of them oofa doofa indeed i mean like <laughs> so true need i once again remind everyone that robin and i did a bracket for the best lost character oh, and don't bring it up spoiler alert jack may have gotten a title he didn't deserve i i i i went into a fugue state okay i don't know how it happened and i'm really sorry and i want to do it again same maybe some other time same i'm really sorry mm, head hanging in shame uh, yes and let me let me also say um that i continue to uh reiterate that uh jack in season six is my friend exactly um especially in the finale uh jack redeems himself uh for every bad thing he's ever done in oh, the finale in my opinion so uh the, the yeah. flying leap alone makes yeah. it all worth it <laughs> this jack is equal to season two charlie for me right yeah yeah rough i mean at the end of the day they're really just trying to draw that parallel between jack and christian and like christian's yeah, exactly. a piece Absolutely. of garbage exactly yes. what do you expect and so he's just emulating that our next segment is a sexual faraday question mark question mark question mark and the answer is yes always yes he has a crush on charlotte but he's it's really cute and he does it in a really cute way yeah. i love you yeah it's sweet that's my boy he's my representation and i put a little heart around him i love that for you um how many episodes since the last knockout um i believe it has been one episode our record is six jack passes out which definitely doesn't count but do we count getting knocked out by chloroform because i feel like we usually only do blunt force trauma mm. what do you think that is a good point i would mm. i mean it's only been one episode so it's probably fine do, have you counted trank darts Ooh, i do not think we've counted trank darts mm. 
then I don't think we can count chloroform. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, I think we should, I think we should not count it. Yeah, blunt force trauma only. Very important. All right, does this episode pass the Bechtel test? That scene between Julia and Kate was nice, but it was like almost exclusively about Jack. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think we passed the Bechtel test this episode. I would be surprised if we did, to be honest. Yeah. I'm- the only other one thing that I can think of is when Rose yells at Charlotte. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's really true. Conversation. Plus that- Kate on the phone. That was incredible. But we don't, we don't know who that is as of right now and maybe mm-hmm. that character is named but we don't technically know so i'm gonna say we did not pass the bechdel test this episode i i would agree yeah stay tuned for our segment after the outro we'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers so proceed with caution thank you so much for listening to this episode our music is terminal by good news tunes and thank you to the creators and community at lostpedia without them we would be lost our spoiler song was composed and produced by francis neves and thank you so much to whoever cooperated in the same place as us during this podcast. My thank you goes to my dog who slept the whole time. Oh, that's so nice. My thank you goes to literally no one because I'm house sitting and I'm all alone. All right, great. My thank you goes to air conditioner. Perfect. Oh, thank you, air conditioner. <laughs> thank you, air conditioner. If you are so inclined, please write us a review wherever you're listening or recommend us to a friend. And I just about fell out of my chair when I said that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing and now we're going back to the good old days. So we did season three and now we're doing season two. Um, hopefully we've continued on with that uh, in the interim uh, between Riverdale ending and uh, this episode coming out. Uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. By the time this comes out, it's done. It's over. At the time of recording, oh. there are three episodes left and we have an episode, a podcast episode for every single episode of Riverdale. The show is bad. The podcast is good. You deserve some sort of award. Thank you. Um, I will uh, I will accept. But yeah, uh, that is the perfect... Uh, we have a, a backlog of over 100 episodes. Um, go and check it out. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Seasons 1 to 3 are done and we are in the midst of covering season 4. Thanks. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram. Uh, mostly Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line award on Tumblr. And also check us out on a brand new TikTok. Robin works very hard on making fun little TikToks of little <laughs> clips from the show and it's great thank you um we continue to call it twitter i assume that it's been recalled twitter by the time this comes out at least i hope so we can only hope um our patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados if you like what we do here please consider donating um it's expensive with our money and it's expensive with our time so we'd really really appreciate your help over there lots of different cool tiers that you can get um if you can't help us out on patreon check out our small businesses they're all in the description or uh recommend us to a friend i actually got an order on my etsy as we were recording yay love that for you i love it yes thank you um you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's r-o-b-y-n-e-j-e-f-f-r-e-y pretty much everywhere and you can follow me on twitter serialized and letterboxd at casey watches tv c-a-s-e-y-w-a-t-c-h-e-s tv we do this every time (laughs) dev thank you for joining us thank you for having me fabulous fabulous (laughs) it was so fun can you remind everybody where they can follow you yeah uh head to endeavorance.camp that has a link to everything that i do and is always Mm -hmm. updated all the time otherwise at endeavorance on everything um i guess the biggest the biggest place that you might have found me is on tiktok where i do a series called stuff keeps happening uh but that series is also a youtube series and podcast and newsletter however you like to get uh told things uh, that i don't worry i got you covered um i'm all about that (laughs) yeah thank you again for having me yeah that's how that's how i found you too is that uh, you posted a lost tiktok and i said hey come on my podcast and you said okay i i cannot i cannot 
emphasize enough how big of a moment that was for me. Because like I posted <laughs> that, that 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 TikTok. I was a much smaller account back then too, mm-hmm. and like I got a, a notification that was like, "Hey, do you want to come on my Lost podcast?" And I was like, "I cannot tell if this is a joke or not because if this is real." <laughs> This is like the biggest moment of my life. I like somebody asking me to come talk about Lost on a podcast. That's a literal dream. Yeah. Here it is. You did it. I did it. No, you are welcome back anytime. I I, I henceforth retire uh, and I'm never going to do anything in media ever again. Incredible. Because ah. I've, I've now peaked. Uh, except for <laughs> I'll, I'll come back on this show. I'm sorry to the universe for taking you away. <laughs> um, and if you guys want to hear the episode of Dev's podcast that I was on, I'll put a... Um, a link in the description for you to listen to it. Um, our next episode is episode 411. It's Cabin Fever, and we're going to be having on iconic return guest Maria. Casey, I don't think you've ever uh, recorded with Maria. Have I not recorded with Maria? That doesn't feel right. I don't think so, because Maria was on an episode like early in uh, in season three before you <gasps> became the official co-host. Oh my god. Yeah, Maria, icon of the podcast um, at Juliet's Burke, and really looking forward to finally having Maria on for a lock episode. She loves lock, so. Oh, yes. Looking forward to it. Okay, Love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. (laughs) Incredible delivery. Welcome to the spoilers section. Finally. We made it. Finally. Huge bummer to start us out. Um, this is the last episode to feature Claire with Aaron together, period. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> sad about Claire. Yeah. Kate has a dream in the season four finale of them together, but in the like full actual real timeline other than her like having Aaron in the flash sideways um in the real timeline she never sees him again at least until after they leave on the plane like obviously I assume that (laughs) they came back together after they left the island but we never see them together again in the original timeline this is can I share such a bummer yes can I share a small Aaron factoid um this is very always this has nothing to do with the show it's very much a personal experience sure my dog has a very strong reaction to the like two or three different baby crying sounds that they <laughs> use throughout the entire show. Oh my god. It's only ever the same like three different baby cries. And and for whatever reason, on this show only, other shows have had babies crying, he does not care. But uh, but Aaron's Weird. baby cry sounds, he gets very upset about and he runs and tries to like find us and he's huh. like there's a baby crying. Something's wrong. Oh my <laughs> so god. Weird. And it's really adorable. I don't have kids. I don't know where he I don't, I don't know where he picked that up, but he just innately knows <laughs> like something's wrong. Baby is crying. That's so sweet. Huh. That's weird. Cool. As for spoilers for the jungle storyline, we talked about what would happen if Sawyer killed Kimi in that moment. Mm. Kimi, we learn in the uh, finale. That feels like a lifetime ago. (laughs) (laughs) Kimi, we learn in the finale, has like a heart monitor on that if his heart, if his heart stops. The dead man's true. Then the, then, yes, then the, the boat blows up. Oh. Fun fact, that heart monitor monitor prop is a guitar tuner. Oh, that is a fun fact. Yeah, Lostpedia, where's that fun fact? (laughs) Where's that?
I'm sure, I'm sure it's in the, um, in the season finale of Lostpedia. <laughs> but yeah, I like, worry. I'm like, hey, Sawyer, or Saeed and Desmond and Michael, they're all gone if Sawyer kills Kimi in that moment. Oh, yikes. But I also assume that Kimi has uh, a bulletproof vest on just like the science team did, so he would have to get him in a headshot. Mm, but true. do you think that he was wearing that monitor in that scene? Like, he goes back and forth to mm. the, like... Oh, you're totally right. He doesn't, I don't think that he would have put that on until they went to go get mm. them. You know, like they had that mission. You're totally right. And they needed the back. They, he needed that to have leverage. Right. No, you're completely right because Frank says, I'm not going to fly at night. So like they're on their way back right now. Yeah. You're totally right. He could have killed Kimi. He could have done it. <laughs> he could have just gotten it done. And I don't think that Kimi would have been able to hide all that C4 on the boat for several right. days. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Uh, Claire wakes up and Christian is holding him. This is the man in black. I am um, taking over Christian's body. Fully forgot like when Christian showed up and when he showed uh-huh. up, I audibly went, "No." <laughs> oh, bye Claire. Nice knowing you. Yep. That's it. Now, I believe we see her next episode just hanging out with Christian in the cabin. It's such a creepy scene. So creepy because she's like, no, it's fine. I'm just hanging out with my friend. Right. Which is, of course, what she calls him in season six, too. But we straight up like Claire walks out. We see her next episode and then she's not in season five. Hate it. Hate it. So annoying. It's so terrible. It's so sad. It's such a waste. Do we know if there is a like a real world reason why? Like there's so many characters that go missing or die or whatever because of real world stuff. That's a good question. I don't think I've ever heard about there being one. It's possible that there was, but I I don't know. I mean, it could be that the real world situation was the writers had no idea what to do with her. (laughs) Right, exactly. I think that's the one. I think that's the one. Yeah, I don't actually know. But this is like the last time Sawyer sees her for three full years. Mm, Don't like that. Yeah, uh, bummer. Great, thanks. Let's see if I've got anything for the beach. Uh, Bernard goes, oh, you think Jack offended the gods? (laughs) Woof, um, maybe. (laughs) Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, I mean, Ben hates Jacob so much for giving him cancer, right? Ben is convinced that Jacob gave him the cancer and it's possible that he did, right? So like, I I genuinely think that Jack offended the gods and that there are gods on this island, obviously, you know? I think it's a matter of Jack trying to leave right like yeah oh sure yeah yeah it's the it's the lack of faith in the island like yep. lock mm. lock is tested as well jack's trying to get off and yeah he's getting close to victory so yoink yeah nice appendix bro that's a good point because jacob heals rose and lock and both of them are like i don't want to leave right so hmm. yeah rose rose's whole thing is nah i'm good here yeah huh interesting and like jack makes the mistake of wanting to leave before eventually ultimately obviously realizing we have to go back so to speak <laughs> yes mm-hmm. um that's actually all i had for the beach i have a bunch of stuff for the flashes though jack like sits outside of the uh santa rosa mental health institute and it's just sort of him vibing but it just reminded me of at the beginning of season five there's a guy who like sits outside santa rosa and is sort of like watching hurley that saeed just like shows up and kills <laughs> before he like breaks hurley out of the hospital and it just sort of reminded me of that i love saeed yeah no saeed this ep boo okay i think that christian on the island is obviously mib but i think and i could be swayed uh, persuaded to think differently but i think that the christian that jack sees on the mainland like in real life is actually christian is actually what? christian 
is actually Christian. Is not Jacob? Because, right, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Because Hurley sees Charlie, and it's actually Charlie. Do we know that? Oh. But. Well, is it? I guess we don't know that, but we assume assume i mean hmm. no it yeah, yeah. Do we lowercase yeah. k know that yeah i mean actually good point because like even if hurley sees charlie that's because hurley has magic powers to see dead people right so it's possible that it is jacob but i do think it's interesting that it could potentially be actual christian i think that would be crazy i mean it's it, it's not absurd right like within yeah. the context of the show i wonder do we have other examples of Jacob meeting people off island in the skin of somebody else? I don't think Does so. Does that ever happen? Because he goes off the island all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's himself in the season five finale. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I would believe it though. And I do think it's interesting that if it is Jacob, which it probably is, that we see Christian two times in, in two different locations and it's two different people both times, right? Like MIB, it's definitely MIB on the island, but it's definitely not MIB in the real world so it has to be Jacob or even if it isn't even if it is actual Christian it's Jacob who's allowing Christian to be there you know well there are other times where it's actually Christian on island right or was it always MIB on island no it's always MIB it's Um, always MIB yeah weird (sighs) crazy yeah I mean like I said when I looked at the when I looked at Lostpedia they were like I don't I don't know yeah (laughs) right exactly I mean which is fair it was in the it was the only unanswered question I believe in the uh in the unanswered questions area yeah I think that's where I fall was how is Christian there I would think that it was like if it was Jacob then it's like Jacob trying to get Jack to come back oh yeah yeah and it works you know. Okay, the person that Kate is talking to on the phone um, is Cassidy, who is Sawyer's baby mama. Oh, yeah. The favor that he asks of Kate in the season four finale is basically that he wants to make sure that his daughter is okay and taken care of and everything. So, yeah, it's Cassidy who she's going to see. Which just, okay, I'm not trying to give Jack credit here. Yeah. Well, that's not a very big secret. Like, yeah, I think it's that he's a dad. I went to go settle some bank funds to help someone. Yeah. So he just doesn't want him to know that he has a daughter, I think. I mean, also, Kate. Sawyer's got his reasons for things. Yeah. Not like Sawyer's never lied. Kate did not have to lie about Cassidy's name. She did yeah, not have to make up Noreen. Yeah, that's true. You could have said, oh, it, it's my friend Cassidy. That's fine. Yeah. Jack doesn't know a Cassidy. Yeah. I wonder if then it would be like the audience knows who Cassidy is, though, right? So the audience would be like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what's happening when it's supposed to be a. Uh, Oh, right. right. Storytelling. Storytelling. Weird. When it's it's supposed to be a reveal later. That. Yeah. But like, yeah, Jack is like, he's not here. He chose to stay. He jumped out of a helicopter about it. That's how bad he didn't want to come back. He really did do a jump out of a helicopter, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Sure did. Uh, The the weird thing, though, is like how casual Kate, like the relationship there is. Yeah. She's just like chatting like it's an old friend. I mean, I guess it is an old friend. But, like, when she specifically says, like, oh, I gotta go, Jack's home. Like, she says it so casually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she's just covering, I guess. But it just... Well, it's also... Yeah. It's cool because, like, we know that, like, Kate has gone to find Cassidy, learned that Cassidy was Sawyer's baby mama, and it's like, whoa, weird, we both slept with the same dude, or, like, whatever, you know? And, but they uh, they did know each other in, like, they met in the flashbacks in season three. Mm -hmm. And so... And we also know that Kate has told Cassidy the whole story. Cass- Cassidy's one of the only people 
on the mainland who actually knows what happened. So, I don't know. It makes sense to me that she knows who Jack is. Especially because Jack's a celebrity. True. The last thing I had was that we were like, well, Jack doesn't necessarily know that he's related to Aaron, but he does. Uh, He learns that and we know that in uh, the season four finale that he learned pretty much immediately because Claire's mom came and told, came to Christian's funeral and told Jack that he's related to Claire. Oh, gotcha. Um, So Jack does actually know that. And that's what I got for you. Any last thoughts before we close it out here, you guys? Oh. As far as Jack episodes go, this was certainly a Jack episode. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I can't say it was like my least favorite Jack episode because there are worse ones, but it's certainly not my favorite. It's down there probably. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a good episode in terms of like watchability, but in terms of like a Jack as a person, oof. Mm -hmm. Woof. No good. Not so good. But I do want to say that, and I do say often when we really dislike Jack, is that what I love about Jack, not praising the writers or anything, because obviously I'm mad at them, but Jack was not written to be likable. When they write Jack to be unlikable, it's because, like, it, when Jack is unlikable, it's because they wrote him that way. It's not like the writers are like, look at Jack, he's such a nice guy. Oh, sure. What? Nobody likes him? <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're not putting this, uh drunk dude who's you don't know if he's gonna like hit kate or not raising his voice at her they're not putting him in front of us and being like yeah look how great he is he's our hero yeah Yeah, no. i mean the the from a storytelling perspective the the function of this episode is to serve as a bridge towards his decline and i think that that this episode does do a good job of yes showing like hey look he like almost had happiness he was so dang close but it's Mm -hmm. still jack and it's still kate and they're still gonna Mm self-sabotage and it's kind of all because of the uh the baggage that they're still holding on to from their time on the aisle etc yeah and so like congratulations you did the thing but also yeah. god jack just ugh. yikes yeah not good <sighs> all right you guys uh dev once again thank you for joining us thank Yay. you looking forward to having you on again soon you can find everywhere that you guys can follow us in the description uh we're at the aficionados all over the place and our patreon patreon.com slash the aficionados we really appreciate your help over there i guess that's it see you guys for next episode Woo-hoo. okay love you bye okay love you bye go do the patreon just watch your tone red